This month's WolfNet Radio podcast is proudly supported by Ares Games and Miniatures. AriesGamesAndMinis.com To all units, proceed to your post assignment. All units, proceed to your post assignment. Field command post. A good field command post doesn't guarantee you survival, but it does make your enemy pay for every inch of ground taken. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that barely escaped Vegas. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew Hargill, Bloodbath Barons. Tonight, co-host, as always, Andrew Taskmaster Minnow Krull. Good evening, everyone. I apologize. I got a head cold, so I won't sound right. Snuff it up. Just a mess. And always, Aaron Bunny, Coach Kroll. Your resident uh, furry-tailed T.O. here. Love the ears. And Luke Serial Killer, Charles Gideon Dirks. Hello, Wolfnet. Uh, Not quite joining us later. Hopefully, maybe Thomas Kruger, but he's absent as of yet. And uh, special guest tonight, although... uh, their majesty precedes them anyways. We have Ed Boxcars of Metal. Welcome to the show again. Evening, everyone. Not sure about that majesty, but okay. And uh, LVO 2023 champion, Mario, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Brute Garzolini. Welcome to the show. I only did it to make sure my wife didn't call me a loser. <laughs> <laughs> he got He got the cookies. Got we, we, we found the proper motivation for Mario. There's, there's still no cookies. Oh, that bitch. Shay didn't make any cookies. <laughs> Go get Not her. Yet. Go to the next Not room yet. and get her. We've, we've been, this, this, this last week has been very busy, but she said what? she's going to make cookies. What kind of cookies? Uh, I believe, I believe uh, Gideon said he wanted chocolate chips, so that'll probably be what gets mailed to everyone. The, the, the oh. mail-in kind of cookies. <laughs> a bag full of crumbles well it's a nice podcast uh we're back from lvo so let's get to it uh new products coming down the uh the pipeline mercenary force packs i got my yeah, nice. i got my hanson rough riders one today they're actually in the mail and getting shipped out or people have them already i got it in the store exciting yeah, I had um, a Killhound one for like ten seconds, <laughs> and then, and then what happened to it? You're a, you're a good man, Mister Brute. You're a good man. Did you trade? He I gave it. I gave it as a gift. Someone certainly deserved it. That way, you could write it off in taxes. So he's getting Killhounds <laughs> and cookies. Well, you're getting cookies too. What are you? I, I didn't get about? any fucking Killhounds. Well, I guess you could have asked for one of these things, but if you know what, if they come out with a Black Widow's box, I'll I'd be happy to hand you one. Ooh, they'll do a, a, a Seventh Commandos box where it's all infantry and bandits and little actually, little, little puddles. that would be pretty fucking cool. That would be pretty cool, but I th- I thought the Seventh Commandos one would look like smudge marks and burns. Just yeah, with, 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 with some little steam poofs. 
with some Chippewa two C's for the background <laughs> diorama. It's uh, it's, go. good, it's good terrain. It's just craters and uh, exploded bandits and um, and a book on how you should take battle armor to uh, attack a fortified position in the rear. So, <laughs> but, uh, but to your point, if if they had a had a seventh commandos with bandits and infantry, oh my god, I'd buy so many of those. There might be as many. It might it might rival the number of fire moths I have on the shelf. <laughs> I'm still trying to get some painted, but you know, that's a long time ago. I'd be a big fan. But no, uh new product is in the store. Um I've even seen the Aridani Light Horse out in the wild. So that's exciting. That's in the uh, mail from uh, Barnes and Noble right now. Yeah, the the uh, for those of you who those pre-ordered. Pre-ordered. Yep, those should be out there. I have really? to. Uh, I'm gonna have to make a trip to Barnes and Noble here at the end of this week when I have to go check on a job site. So see if I can find any ELH. Uh, what are they? I mean, it's got to be a heavy assault uh, lance, is what they got going on there. Yeah, it's it's a little weird to me <laughs> that they have Iridani Light Horse, and I think there's three assault mechs in it, and they were yeah. a medium mech, medium mech. <laughs> there's a, there's a jumping. It was the yeah, they're definitely medium mech jumping. Is there? It's a there's a jumping thunderbolt, which is one of their signature mechs. Yeah, there you go. That is correct, but I think so, they have a gunslinger. There's a gunslinger, um, banshee, banshee, and cyclops. I think. Or yeah, cyclops. So definitely yeah. not following the all the lore, huh? Uh, the well, the Thunderbolt, yes, because it's their own custom version, and the Cyclops was Ariana Winston's. Yeah, I was going to say Ariana Winston was outside Cyclops. of that. No, <laughs> the Gunslinger. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> well, Star League, you know, had to have a tie in there somewhere. Boots so, and saddles. Smarter, smarter people than us put those lance packs together. So should have come <laughs> with some tombstones. <laughs> oh. 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 Zinga! Oh. Somewhere out, fired, man. Somewhere out there, Batman just just cried a little bit. <laughs> he felt that, God. I'm sure. Listen to this guy he wins LVO and can, thinks he can just throw out whatever yeah. he wants to say. Well, he did it with tanks. That's true. True. He had mechs. He had some mechs in there. I had I had two mechs. He had some speed bumps. <laughs> I had forty tons <laughs> worth of mechs. <laughs> a t- total of probably what thirty nine points of mechs. <laughs> 50. Oh, 20, wow. 20, 22 and 28. All right. There you go. Hey, uh, speaking, I only, I, I don't think I actually used both of them. I think I only ever used one. <laughs> hey, speaking of trading your winnings, I uh, happened to have uh, let go of my counters pack that showed up at LVO. Yeah. What do you mean you let go of it? Somebody offered me something I couldn't oh, pass up. That's right. Hey, here, here's a good story. We're going to show that off on stream. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, fans of all ages, if you leave a Battletech item, even a prize, in a convention hall, chances are, 99% of the time, that item will not move from that table, even to the next day. And I prove that correct. Because I totally left my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my winning token set on the table for a whole day. And I came back the next day and it was still in its exact unmolested position. With people playing on the table where it, 24/7. Was, where it was sitting. Yeah. I was so, beside myself. So 100%, 100% of one time 
it was safe. <laughs> That's right. It was it was it was it was hundred percent active one hundred percent of the time of the one time. So if you're going out to Las Vegas and you're at a convention, don't worry about it. It'll still be there when you get back. But speaking of counters pack, this is L- LVO had them. I, I saw them discussed in the wild at a, a different uh, like local to to one of the uh, catalyst folks. Um, they had an event where it was, but it's still not even announced. It's still like th- there is n- there's a Sarna page for it, and that's it. Like nobody has said anything about the Alpha Strike counters box or pack, I should yeah. say. It's not a box. I was I was gonna reach out to uh, Randall this week as soon as my head cold decides to go away and see if he wants me to do a an a box opening of it or not and see whether he wants us to do that or not. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that uh, that kind of really hasn't been announced. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of pictures out there of it, but. Um, uh, but one more thing that did get dropped literally on the day of our LVO tournament was Dominion's Divided. So uh, thanks for that one, Catalyst, because <laughs> we we're all excited. And then the day, our busiest day, <laughs> you decided can't, to drop that on us. You can't spend, you, can't spend any time looking at it. <laughs> yeah. If, if, like, if you want to know anything about it, Chandler read the whole thing in the hotel room before the tournament. Oh, really? Wow. Whole oh, thing. Yeah. I was gonna say I've I've read it. I'm I'm up to speed now. So never mind that. Uh, what did the, you all this, think? I um, haven't read it yet. Don't spoil it. I won't spoil it. <sighs> I love the artwork. Yes, thank you so much. Great. I love. I love the unit rats as well. The random acquisition tables. Thank you so much for putting in random acquisition tables because that makes everything much cooler. I will say that both the books, the um, Democle- Democle- Damocles, Damocles, uh, Damocles book and the, what was the book with the ghost bears? With the Question Simcoe. of survival. There you go. They did a lot of what's in the book. Like there's, there's a lot of that in the book, in, the, in Dominions Divided. It goes into the nitty gritty details of a lot of other stuff, but you got like if you read those two books, you kind of got the majority of it, except you didn't know what happened at the end. And so in this, you kind of know where they're going, which is good. Um, the breakdowns of the characters were fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the paint schemes of units depicted in uh, some of the pages. Actually, have labels this time, which are awesome. So you can actually see what galaxy a paint scheme comes from. So you can model that with your miniatures. Um, it'll be nice to see those on the different uh, resource um, websites to follow suit and uh, give people some opportunities to paint some sweet looking units. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go too in, de- in depth in it. Cause I think we'll do this probably on the next podcast is di- deep dive into dominions divided. But uh, I was the whole ghost bear thing seemed like they just needed a story to rattle them a little bit, I guess, because and a lot of ghost bears are going to be mad about the way they rattled the cage. <laughs> but eh, they they got to a place in the end, and I won't spoil it. So, well, it's like you know, some people talk about once you get a uh, a faction that's kind of on top or 
really has no equal. You have to cut them down in the lore. So I would see that yeah. I would see that formula happening with any overpowering or any large faction. I mean, you saw that with Fedcom. Yeah. You saw yeah. it with the uh, Dominion <laughs> now. The, the Dragoons are happening. Anyway, I think that does it for uh product. Let's should we Oh, should we, we should we should cover one thing that we've missed. Ed, you have not been on the show before? I have not. What? Tell long us time... how you tell us how you got into BattleTech, Ed. Oh, long time listener, first time caller. Holy uh, shit. How is this possible? <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's because I'm always in your Tuesday night fights uh, uh, server causing we, causing havoc. It's because we pay attention and we care. Yeah. Give you us guys... the MO. All right. So, I got back well, I got into BattleTech in the uh, in the '90s. I grew up in a small town in northern Ontario, and played played a played a few summers of like thirty twenty five games. But uh, books, minis, those were impossible to get. So we had like one guy had a copy of one rule book, and that's all we had. He moved, so that was that was it. So I kind of fell off the bus. You know, it wasn't until the uh, the the Kickstarter ramped back up that I that I came back and I. Like, oh crap, BattleTech! I remember this. This was amazing, and yeah, uh, and then I kind of went whole hog. Uh, I think the first thing I did was I, yeah, I still have it sitting there. I went and pulled out my lead Ralpartha salt lance, and I'm like, I can, yes. I can use these, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Then yeah, I went, I went whole hog and full into the Alpha Strike, and you know, I I, I dabble in the uh, the classic and the Tuesday night fights, but yeah, Alpha Strike's my my jam. I've been I think I read that rule book at least 20 times now. So what are you doing currently now? Uh, well, right now I, lots of stuff right now. I'm getting ready for my, uh, Adepticon list. Civil uh, war, baby. Just letting you all know it's oh, civil yeah. war availability civil war. era, not production era, availability era, civil war, Adepticon. Yeah. That's so I'm actually working on two lists can i submit two lists uh like early and no. like, i don't know which one i'm damn it <laughs> no you can you can submit them I, did that. I, did that. I did that for one person i'm never doing that again can you check these four lists i don't know which one i'm going to play yet no <laughs> you send me the list that you want to play and i'll do the one you know ed i think there's a person on right now that you should probably submit your list to he might be able to tell you if they're good or not if you give a mech warrior cookie, he's going to want some coolant flush. <laughs> uh, he must be yeah. talking bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy's not on, and he technically got third, I think. So. <laughs> no, he got second. Um, oh, wait. Alex. No, 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 you're right. You're right. He got Alex, third. He got, Alex got second. Alex is the best painter and is, yeah. is in second place. But, no, you can send me all the lists you want, Ed, and I will... I will try to help you out, even though I've, I think the only tournament I've actually been a part of was KSAG this year. And Andrew technically beat me in that one. So <clears throat> what'd you place in? I was ninth. I was top 10. You're not top 10. That's all that matters. Hey, that's well, what not, I got. No, I guess what I got this tournament. All that matters. You Maybe got, it's just one of those ninth. things where a wolf <clears throat> guy's got to come in ninth. It's just no matter what tournament, it's got to come in ninth. All right. So Ed. You have a favorite unit or faction? Um, it's got to be well. It's still mercenaries. 
I, I can't, I'm, I'm a mercenary at heart. I, uh, I, I'm trying to like other factions. I'm dabbling in clans, Goliath scorpions. That's, you know, the two lists I was going to submit was mercenaries and Goliath scorpions. Cause I, I don't know if I can do this clan thing. Where's the SRM carriers in this rat? What's going on? <laughs> right? We talked earlier. And so he's then, like, uh, oh, yeah. Totally. He, he, so he loves his interspheric equipment. <laughs> yep. Do you have a favorite uh, vehicle or mech? Yeah. Well, the Brutus Assault Tank. I think uh, people ask me, what would I do differently with my list? Well, I had one Brutus Assault Tank in my list for LVO. And it, yeah, it needed to be two. Yep. That and SRM carriers can't get enough what, of those. Once you find something you love, you just got to double click it. <laughs> yeah. So you're an armor guy. That's pretty nice. I, yeah, I, I'm perpetually railing against the eight vehicle limit in 350. <laughs> me too. We call that Brutes Limit. Brian Felder hit me up last the, the, yesterday too, saying that. He, uh, he had an idea for something that he wanted to do at Gen Con and uh, was running into issues because of the vehicle limit. And then he, <clears> I said, well, I'll take that as that the rules are working as as we intended. So. <laughs> as written. <laughs> uh, we're doing something correct then. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, moving along. Is it time for the LVO recap? I, I think it's I think it's lost. Let's Vegas just get into time. it. This let's might take get, a while, so strap just, in and it. get ready. Let's just raw dog it. <clears throat> so the TOs event organizers, go ahead and begin. Uh I'll start off, I guess. Uh I fretted hard with LVO because this was the first time that a lot of the the terrain and everything, basically everything that we need to run a tournament was totally out of my hands. Um, it uh, cost us a, a pretty penny to get things shipped there and back. Um, a, a huge thank you again, and I can't keep saying his name enough, uh, to Ben Kleinfelter for helping us get everything um, out to LVO and back home. Uh, he cut our shipping costs in half by letting us ship it to him since they were driving out. And <laughs> it took a significant portion of his vehicle uh, to get everything out there. So um, a huge thank you to Ben for, for being our mule and, and getting everything there. Um, once we got there, though, once we had everything there, we got everything unwrapped. Thankfully, nothing major broke. All the trees were destroyed, but I'll get back no, to getting those. All the trees. I'll get back to rema remaking those. But those are easy enough to get replaced but i mean none of the buildings were broke none of the hills were snapped in half i did have one hill broke when it got home so i'll have to figure out what i'm going to do with that once we got there once we got everything set up um it was the biggest tournament that we've done so far um the most logistics needed to get it done and i honestly don't know how it could have ran better um I, I personally thought the tournament ran as the smoothest run tournament I think we've had. Um, no, I want to say at least I want to say at least a third of the field um, were new to the format, or they felt new to the format with some of the questions and things that that were were coming out. Um, but uh, 
I can't say enough about the players. You know, everybody kept saying thank you for for coming out and doing this, and I keep telling everybody else, hey, we can come and do this, but if nobody shows up, it, it's all wasted effort. So, um, a huge thank you to everyone who made the trip out to LVO. Uh, I don't think we had a local player uh, playing in the 350. Two. two, I think we had two, one or two, two out of two out of 32 people. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone else came from quite a, you know, hours distance. Uh, so, the, again, humbled that people wanted to make that trip and, and come spend time with us. It was well, awesome. Who you was know, the farthest? Don't know off the top of my head was right now. Was it Florida? I, I think it was Florida. Florida, Florida the Florida boys, be. probably. Yeah. 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 Well, is that when, farther in Canada? When you have two TOs that get to bed early, and they woke up, <laughs> they were fresh as daisies and clear-headed. They had, I mean, you know, we're talking to professionals here. We we took Friday night serious. We could have went out and partied. We could have went and drank till about 2 a.m. We could have done that. Your we baby, babysitter reminded you not to. No, Ed, or told, you us could, to to, Ed, you epic, Ed told us to go to bed at 1.30, I think. Or you could epically, <laughs> epically fail and have Ed and Chandler be like, it's 1 a.m. What do you mean you guys are going to bed? Ronald Baker was there with us, too, and Prophet. Yeah, that was that was fun. It was a great, it was a lot of fun. Some random guy that uh, thought he'd join our little party. I mean, who joins a party of four, ner- four or five nerds, and one of them's wearing glow-up bunny ears? Smoking cigars, and that was the worst idea we've ever had. Oh, I missed out on the cigar. Dang it! So anyway, I missed out on cigars too. Next time, cigar time. Yeah, well, that could, we the sh- kind of guy that does that is either already drunk or is a lonely oh. warhammer player. Hey, hey, did we, you did you get did you get your big torch back? No, TSI took that shit. <laughs> you don't <laughs> get what is that a flamethrower? You don't get things a, back from TSA. That's the T. Somebody at TSA has got a really nice torch lighter now. Son of a bitch. Okay, okay. all right. I, I got a question. Since we're talking about TSA and it's awesome because uh, they do a good job and we're trying to stay nice with them. Um, whose miniature bag got gone through by security? Not this guy. <laughs> my either. bag. My bag got my bag got checked out because of the torch, and my bag got checked coming home because they thought my mini recorder was a taser because of the way the microphone sit on the top of it. Oh, that'd so be sweet if it was. Had to go through my bag and tear it all apart and he kept missing missing the front the front zipper of it. And I'm like, dude, you're missing it. There, there's another zipper. And he's like, you can't touch anything. And I'm like, look, I know what bag you're trying to get into. There's another zipper right <laughs> right there. Oh he got that open and he finally figured out what he was looking for. I was just like, oh my God. So did, did, you, say, did you play did you play the warm cold game? Warmer. Warmer, cold, colder, colder, warmer, warmer. <laughs> Needless to say, Matt, when we go through, we should fly out with Andrew because Matt and I did a, a beer bet on whose bag was going to get checked. Yep. And then asshole on the way back in <laughs> checks his other miniatures bag. So he's just got like a nice little man purse and I've got my giant bag. And I'm like, well, this isn't fair. Uh, uh, that was right. on the way. Back on, back on, hey, you checked the bag. You just weren't observant to notice that. Anyway. <laughs> So, um, no, it was fantastic. Um, other than the fact that we had to 
literally move after the first round. <laughs> 18 <laughs> tables of terrain after the first round, which huge shout out to all the players because I think that was the fastest I've ever seen. So much terrain, maps, miniatures, dice, everything got picked up, moved 50 feet to a whole nother set of tables, dropped down, and I think we lost 15 minutes out of the whole day. So the one thing I took away from the whole weekend was everyone was asking us as TOs, like, what can I do? What can I help out with? What, what, give me something to do. And I, and, and I, I, I know Andrew and he's very fickle about a lot of his stuff. So I'm just <laughs> like, I would love to tell you to go help, but I know he is going to want things set up exactly the way he wants it. So it'd be better <laughs> if you just kind of hung back a little bit until you see the sweat pouring out of him. And then we move in. <laughs> So there's a, uh, I have a process and thank you for it, everybody for letting me do it. It went, it went <sighs> fantastic. And then moving into Saturday and we'll get into more of that, but I just want to say that, um, by randomly throwing together a doubles tournament, uh, 16 players signed up, showed up, uh, again, we, we warned everybody, this is severely play testing. We're, we're just through these rules together like a month ago. Um, and everyone had a great time there too. A lot of fun. In fact, I think a lot of people had more fun during the doubles tournament. Regular. I was just I was just <laughs> gonna say I had more feedback and more positivity over the doubles than we did on the three fifty. But uh again, I think it was just because it was new and and we we found a way to that means that means that there were sixteen people who went to LVO for one day. They paid a ticket, they paid their badge, they came out for playing a game for one day. And the fact that we were able to fill that time for them for a second day, um, that we had the space and, and that we had something ready for them, I think that played a, a big part of the success of that as well. So, And it was adequate space. It was, you know... A minimum yep. of what we needed. Yep. And it had a very casual feel to it. I think that's yes. what everybody needed after the 350. I mean, the 350 is supposed to be fun, competitive, this and that, but there is a heightened level of competition there. On the next day, it was everyone just kind of let loose. We're getting paired well, with some people we know, some people we don't know. Let's let's go into Matt, um, Ed, and Mario. You guys competed in in the event what were your guys' thoughts on things aaron's just aaron just touched on you know the look the feel how did how did the 350 go we'll, we'll go right into friday i'm, I'm, I'm gonna jump right yeah, on go ahead and interrupt yeah, mario I, no no i was yeah. gonna say i think you, you you described it best go for it yeah no i'm gonna interrupt mario right away and say yeah i know exactly <laughs> what you said Andrew, it, like that was the smoothest run tournament I've ever seen. That was that was unbelievable how you guys managed to herd that many cattle that quickly. Like it was bam, bam, bam. Everything was on time. Everything was moving. Everybody knew where they needed to be. Everybody knew, you know, it had everything they needed, and it just it's kept moving. I think that the the only slowdown was you know the players deploying terrain fast enough, getting their models on the table. I did hear a few. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is everybody deployed? Everybody deployed? It was, by the way, it was always me that was last deployed. <laughs> oh, I, me too. Me too. I'm, a, I'm an 11 unit <clears throat> at minimum. So, yeah, but, but no, the, the tournament was like just greased smooth. And we're, we're working already to make that 
an easier transition as well. So, yeah, Mario. Um, yes, so Mario. Sir, uh, oh, hello, pussy. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, let's Mario's actually. Cat, let's, by the way, let's let's have Matt go. Let's have Matt go, and then Mario, being the winner of LVO, he can talk you about know, his what he know, wants to, and another, then we can go into his list. A there's little another bit. guy that played in the tournament too. Who's that? Charles. Mm-hmm. I was there. Oh shit! Charles is Charles is always quiet. The one who doesn't have a live feed, the old serial <laughs> killer himself. He, he's always a, oh my God. He, he's always like Mr. Wilson. He's got like the the fence in front of his face. It's all right. Or, he sits behind hills and fires missiles out. We usually right. forget him anyway. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Gideon. Gideon goes first. Oh my God! I'm sorry, uh, dude. Uh, about the just the, the whole thing. Um, do you, are, do are your thing. Going through rounds? Do your yeah. Do your review of of your event and your experience and how things went for you. I, I would much rather hear how Ed thought the first round went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did you play him? So yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not gonna lie. As soon as I got home, I ordered two just two missile carriers. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, yeah, grow on you. I discovered it doesn't matter how well your opponent plays if you can just boxcar crit his last, you know, fighting unit, then you you can do good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cry, keep trying that in future. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That is the winning strategy. Just yep. roll twelves. Just roll twelves, man. That makes the game really easy. No, so so so, so, so to frame it, <laughs> it really um, does. To, to frame it, we were pl- first round was domination. Uh, I jumped my spider to the fourth objective. All it has to do is survive and I win. It has four pips, so three to sacrifice. It has E&E, so there won't be any any ammo explosions. It doesn't matter. Like It can lose all of its MP. It can like have its targeting computer go out. It can take an engine hit. It doesn't matter. It just needs to survive. And it's 11s to hit for any of his units. And what does he do? He rolls a 12 to get a hit and attack. And I'm like, all right, that's a hit. Game should still be mine. There's one in 36 chance that this game is over or that I don't win this. There's a 35 and 36 chance that I just won this game. You did the math. He well, always math. does the math. Well, the, the only, he's, the only he's, way... like a cal- he's like a calc and a uh, logic. Oh. The, o- the, the only, the only, well, the only role that would win it that would make it so I didn't win is if he got a crit and got a 12 that was, or did four damage on 11s. And I think he had maybe a total of 10 damage to throw at it. So he could either break probability, which totally I've, it's happened to, to me before <laughs> or just, you know, get the one role that was like just stupidly good. And, um, but, but I, I did this when I moved my spider, like I, I had it all figured out already. Cause, uh, all he had was his, uh, slow boys defending his, uh, uh, home base or his two home, uh, home objectives. So I knew he was going to need 11s. I knew that it was, you know, he was going to have to roll out of his head to destroy it. And for a crit, he needed a headshot. And he got one hit out of all of his damage, and it was a it was attack, and he rolled a twelve. So I, I went from being 
completely confident that I had the game in the bag to now I don't have the game in the bag and I only have my just twos left. So it was, it, it was quite the, uh, the uh, yo-yo shock yeah. to me. Now, don't forget Charles though. I actually did you a favor. Now, because <laughs> of that, the game went another turn and we were by far the longest running game. So you and I were still playing while everybody else was having to move tables. Oh. Yeah, that was that that was wonderful. I I absolutely would rather have not moved terrain <laughs> and, and lost. That 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 is the perfect trade off. Thank you, you Ed. That. Ed made me make a couple tough choices. Um, in the turn after that, uh, he he went after the objective with the non dangerous unit, um, and I went for. Uh, kind of in the spirit of the game, because and to be honest, I was still kind of in shock. So um, I I didn't think through because if I would have been thinking, I would have realized that going to tiebreaker would have been adv- advantageous to me. Um, but by trying to protect the objective and not go to tiebreaker, we ended up going to tiebreaker, which meant that Ed won on MOV. MOV. So it, it was it was an absolute meat grinder of a match, though. Yeah, there was there was by the end of it three pips of a Brutus tank left on the table. That was Ooh. it. Ooh. We brought the we brought the sheet over to Andrew and it said three three and Andrew said what? That's not possible in domination. <laughs> Dude, it took me a long time to get my head wrapped around your guys' score because it was. <laughs> I'm like, this is how does this even happen? But yeah, brutal, um, brutal game. But yeah, after then we had the move and. Um, I wanted to make fun of Ed first, though, about his little, uh, uh, this can't be legal, because as a TO, I got asked every round, is it legal to have battle armor on a Savannah Master? And I go, yes. yes oh, my God. What, what if it's eight tons of battle armor on a five-ton Savannah Master? Hey, that ain't my problem. I didn't write the rules. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't feel good about that. It was very effective, but I didn't feel good doing it. I promised myself I wouldn't do it again. But no, it, I mean, it's te- technically legal. But It's technically legal. So I felt an awful lot less bad when I found out I was not the only one in the tournament doing that, by the way. I was going to say, you were also not the other, because somebody raised their hand, and I go, what? There's two lists that are doing this? <laughs> so, yes. Unfortunately, that is a thing. And there's nothing we can do about it. So, unless we scream loud enough, I guess, to the to the guys up top. I think you should just blame Capellans. They're the ones that made the X-Pac deal first. You know, that's probably the easier way to go about it, is just blame the Capellans. And joining us recently, just now, Thomas Tactical Terrain, Silent Sea Raven Kruger. From here on out, I'm calling it Tactical Terrain. Players moving the terrain is called tactical terrain. Matt, why don't you uh, give your give your little synopsis of LVO and so it was probably starting off. We we did a lot of work up ahead, um, painting and getting stuff sent, um, which I maybe helped with like ten or fifteen percent. So kudos to all you guys getting that stuff there. Um, best plane ride I ever had out to an area. Um, bar none. I had like two empty seats next to me on the left side. Aaron had one empty seat on his side. So we were tapping Jack Daniels toddies in between the rows. And it is, it is possible to, um, check all your two hundreds on the plane flight into Vegas. So 
True. We look. I looked through all his lists like twice and started giving him options, and he was picking up the same the, the same the same ideas. And I didn't even play the list. Right, you didn't even play the list because you're a TO. So um, hotels were great, um, although they do need to work on their sustainment maintenance for elevators. And uh, so, um, would you would you bring again, Matt? I I forgot what list you brought. I mean, obviously, Ghost Bears, but <laughs> <laughs> brought a Rasselhog Dominion. Dominion. No I'm list. sorry. I'm sorry. Rasselhog Dominion. But there were a bunch of those. There were. Ghost I played. Bears were, or, Dominion was represented. I played two other two other players that had Rasslog Dominion lists. Um, They were John um, when I played him in Bunkers, um, which he uh, he had less BA, but he played the runaround game with me. He had some really key good shots with his uh, better pilots, and actually beat me out of that, which is probably my only. You have one or tough, two losses. Tough, toughest, toughest battle. Uh, the second loss was to Tommy because he just creamed me with a bunch of the big old tanks and stuff. <laughs> I took speed and uh, some of my bigger stuff, and he wiped the floor with me. That makes sense. His stone lions were doing pretty awesome. Um, Jason had a Rasselhog Dominion list. Uh, I took him and hold the line. Um, that was just playing teeter-totter over top of his executioner with my Vipers. Um, so speed was effective there. I first played Josh. He had a Lyran list, um, double Aries, which we found out this convention because people brought five Arieses, mostly from Colorado, that they're pretty intimidating, but they can be killed. So the title of the, the title of the podcast is the Aries Convention. <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, turn one defeat or, or winning. Uh, that was all speed. Uh, Chris with his Goliath Scorpion list was pretty fun to play against. Um, what was the other one? What was the other? What we have? We had Domination, King of the Domination. Hill, Hold the Line, Bunkers, and... Headhunter. 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 Yeah, played Chris and Headhunter. That was a lot of fun, too. How would you gauge uh, you being as one of the architects of the 350... Uh, what was your initial army list of all the armies you played? What was your initial takeaway from all of them? Was it was it a lot the of list, niche lists, or were no. they balanced, or were they going They're for all, something? They were all balanced. There weren't any really heavy. Well, there were some. There were some mechanic lists that were just niche, but they didn't fare too well because they couldn't adapt to their opponents. Uh, well-rounded lists is adapted very well. They had speed. They had lots of firepower. They had structure and armor. They could withstand it. They could sit there and take a beating. But they also had some specialties, too, where they had, you know, ECM or they had um, C3 or they had indirect fire. Um, so they had a cover or a, a counter, you know, a little bit. The, if you build a well-rounded list, you yeah. can do a lot better than if you have a niche list because... You can't just throw heat at everybody because you'll never do enough damage. Um, I failed um, at two of my games because I didn't take speed over slow and um, damage and uh, what damage uh, absorption. What uh, scenarios were those? Those were 
bunkers and king of the hill king of the hill okay it was usually like a mismatch or it was uh, or it was a mirror effect where they had the exact same thing you'd had or had some very something very similar and it was just a waiting list or it was just choosing a different tactic or strategy or surprising you with something else or adding skill skill played a big key role this this yeah. tournament skill and well-rounded lists i have I, i've i've ran quite a few tournaments i have yet to see a gimmick list work as expected right we're all against the whole field or yeah. all yeah. heat or i'm going for melee or i'm going mm-hmm. for the whole T idea. C3I, yes and no. C3I would probably be the only one that would I'd say. Would you consider mine? Um, is mine a gimmick list? No. No. That's a, I would that's not. A, I, when, I, when, I say, when I say gimmick list, I'm saying that they're depending upon specials to do something unique for them throughout the yours, game. Yours is more just like a difference in chassis. It's it's the chassis. Yeah, but doesn't... All, well, all mine are mine are very I'm, specialized. Though. I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking it 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 could be a yours gimmicky is, list. Yours is borderline Mario. I I don't want to call it a gimmick list, no. but to players who are new to the format, I can see maybe why they would say it would be a gimmick list. The only um, way I could see it to be a gimmick list is if it was because they're usually level one. Well, that's the gimmick. Yeah, that's the level one. Turrets and level one. The vehicles have turrets, and they're only one level tall, which gives you a lot of advantage with line of sight breakage. You can you can run and hide if you have to, and then come back and pounce. Um, And your turrets give you three sixty capability for shooting. Nobody can really get behind you, but you have some limited mobility. But that's not a problem because your turret. So, but the only other the only other downside is the 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 um, movement. Um, oh, the motives. The motive crit possibility. That's so. I mean, that, so there's there's more advantage with line of sight capability, but there's less. There's there's only like one drawback of of motive. The um, the people we ran into were awesome because we didn't have. We didn't have any negative players that caused any problems. We had lots of friendly people and we met a lot of new people. I mean, we were meeting, everybody was stopping by asking what's going on. How can I, I'm, I'm an old Battletech classic player. How can I can get into what you guys are doing? I'm like, go talk to that guy, go talk to this guy, sit down over there and start playing. And it, it, it made me very happy that no matter who walked up, if they wanted to play or didn't want to play, they had an opportunity to find something to play and not just walk away and lose another, a new connection. And that we have to give a huge shout out and a thank you to Jason Coffee for being there uh, at the tournament and having a, a board or a place for people to say, hey, what is this? I want to try it. And we were able to direct him, direct those individuals to him. And hopefully he was able to show them exactly what we're doing and, and, you know, get people excited to come back. So thank you for, for being there and doing that. Tommy, we'll, we'll quick move over to you. How was, how was your, uh, how was your rocket success to third place and your um, overall 350 experience? 
350, um, I really liked getting to LVO early. I know one thing, that's for sure. Uh, getting settled in, getting whereabouts, how to get, get to the convention and whatnot. But uh, for the most part, the, it started off different. Uh, my first uh, match went, um, I went against, against somebody that's never played Alpha Strike before. Joey? You play against uh, Joey? Patrick. Patrick. Oh, Patrick, the guy who picked up the game a week ago. And he <laughs> yeah. had a fully painted set in one week, which is more than most of us could say. Awesome. Yeah, kudos to you, Patrick. Kudos to yeah. you for having a fully um, painted list. So I, I didn't... Uh, I, I tried to to go with our model of don't be a dick, and I tried to help him with... Uh, um, Rule number how two. To play, how to play Rule. the game. Uh, I recommended him to to go on uh, uh, to get on to the top of because I believe it was Dominion was the first round. Dom- so, domination, yeah. Domination. So I gave him some pointers and and it was it became close. It was like it was like three to two. I yeah, your game won. was really close for for because you guys yeah. were one of the last last finishers in the first round. Yeah, I we went to finish in time anyway. So, yeah, it, it if it was against somebody else, I I would have done my usual speed bump type stuff with the Hellions, but um, I didn't because I wanted Patrick to have a good game and show him a few things with uh, uh with everything. So. How did the how did the whole tournament go as as a as a whole as as not round by round but kind of like a at the end I was I I was at the point of being competitive super competitive at the end perhaps to bloodbath on that one for uh, <laughs> um, taking a beating <laughs> taking the L <laughs> taking the L baby. <laughs> I, and, it, and and as always, there's always something you gotta learn, right? And uh, my learning is, I still gotta figure out how to beat Mario in his tanks. <laughs> oh, I've so, I've had a hell of a beating from you in my t- <laughs> before with my tanks. So, at, that was in the uh, Jump Strong Plus days. Oof. That was <laughs> when we was, limited. <laughs> oh God, that was hard. That was harsh. So, um, besides that, I. I was starting the field pretty good. Uh, it, it, to me, my second match was against Mario, so I was like, I barely won the match, and then I lost the match. I was like, man, I'm just, this is going to be one of those tournaments, but I pulled it around. So yeah, it was, I felt it was pretty good. As always, my MOV was not very high. It never is. Mine neither. I, I don't, I don't play to destroy. I play for the objectives, so. Um, well, Tommy, I got a question for you. You have been playing this Stone Lion list for, what, a good four months now or so? Five months? Since, since I had that episode of Stone Lion's uh, yeah. build list. Yep, I've been running the Stone Lions. Do you find yourself, like, is it is it beneficial for you to know your list, like, inside and out? Uh, I know a lot of players, they're like, they'll switch to a new list every tournament. You know, they're like, okay, I played that list. Okay, on to a new one. 
Um, but you've stuck with that stone lion list for a while now. Does is there a certain advantage you think you gain by playing a list over and over and over and and finding new things that you didn't think you would find by actually practicing with it? I tell you what, um, usually knowing knowing what to bring for each scenario is a big thing. Knowing how it runs. But uh, it's also understanding your opponent and what they might bring. I think I ran it. I, I ran this list into the ground quite a few times until I I ironed everything out. Um, no, it's not the original build that I had when I had the uh, the episode. I think I went through five or six iterations of it before I ironed it out. So, um, and, and on top of it, I didn't even bring the list that I really wanted to bring. Yeah, that's. I was just gonna say you didn't even bring the list you wanted to bring. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the list that I ended up playing with it ended up being a, a I think it still would have ended up better with what I brought so yeah yeah you that, you had and nobody has ever seen it seems like everybody's wanting to look at the Heimdall after each match it's like <laughs> a big chunk of pewter it's it's not a normal list or not a normal unit you'd put it into a list so I like yep. how you talked about um working through opponents to make sure they had a good match. I know when I played Josh the first round, um, having having an abrupt uh, finish of like first turn um, or second turn kind of takes the lackluster out of it. So we ended up playing the rest of the whole time uh, before we had to move play, before we had to move mats um, to just play out how we think it would have gone the rest of the game if if it hadn't have finished so fast, and that's nice too of being being polite and and still giving your opponent some some fun and let them play their list and it could help them in the next round instead of just like walking away from them you know <clears throat> having fun turning it from the first round fast win to just a uh, a, a casual game after that that goes to time yeah it. I'm trying to think of the. I only had like two matches that ended before time, out of all of them, three of them. For, sorry, Mario, I forgot yours too. I don't think of the one I lost on. So it was Matt's, and then then Matt ours, E's. Ours was real fast. Ours was real fast. Yeah, <laughs> it was like 15, 15 20 minutes. <laughs> the second one was Matt E's. Which uh, brought us, you know, it's always interesting um, playing at these tournaments and then you always, something new comes up that you've never seen before uh, as a TO and as a player, you know. I had a question for both Aaron and Andrew at one time. And uh, if you get no OP'd after you blow up the last bunker, who wins? That was that was a difficult question because, like you said, you went for objectives. The other guy went for destroying you, but he was also going for objectives. And and if you, well, he didn't have as many object. He was not going to have as many objectives as you did because at the yep. end phase, the bunker was going to blow up, and you would have gotten all four objectives. Yep. 
but he was going to effectively kill or he did excuse me yeah he did effectively kill your list which is odd for me because now that i'm replaying it i don't know how that worked because once once all the bunkers were gone during the end phase your unit your unit exits the bunker during the end phase so i don't know how he was able to get a shot he he shot tommy shot to kill the bunker that's right tommy did damage and so he would have gotten the no op objective but you had more objectives yep. than he did yeah, so there's, he there's, won. No, there's no waiting that 15 day waiting period it, just, it explodes <laughs> again if if that were to happen and you both say you both ended up with four objectives i do believe in the rules it is whoever destroyed um the most bunker points or the most bunkers is the tiebreaker it doesn't directly go to mov yeah so yep it was just one of those weird things yeah um, it, that i even had a do a double take, so I it, it we called it right, and it was the it was the right decision. But that was a that was one of those weird ones. Where it was like, oh man, uh, Tommy, are you good? Because I I have a question for Charles before we yep. move on to Mario. Yep, I'm good. So Charles, you brought the two Jess twos, yes, and sir. you went the indirect fire route. I no. want to hear, or sorry, I, I went long range. You went long range. I yep. I just want you to kind of. Go further into that because I know I've gotten a lot of questions about that tactic or that route as well, and I just I just wanted to hear it from someone who is a is a connoisseur of just twos. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no. So my me go. I I told myself I was going to go to LVO and be competitive, um, which didn't work. It it always turns into some sort of like test bed. So going into LVO, I decided I wanted to test long range um, and basically kind of go against the meta. I wanted to, I didn't want to go against the meta. What I wanted to do was punish everybody who takes units that don't take long range, that have no long range. I wanted to punish the bejeebus out of those people. Um, And so I took, uh, so a few months ago, they, they went through the MUL and they fixed a lot of errors in special abilities and damage and all of that stuff. I had been running just two supports, which th- used to throw eight indirect fire, and those I would hide. Um, but after they went through and changed them, they got turned into indirect fire six, which now made them, in my mind, not worth taking because you're not throwing enough damage. Um, and they're too fragile. So I took regular Jess twos, um, and I just parked them on a hill. And so then to go along with my long range, uh, testing, I, I took C3. Um, and frankly, the, the games I won were one round one. Um, and not, not to say that, you know, opponents, you know, like didn't, give me runs for my money or anything like that. But in the three games I won, I either destroyed or nearly like there was one unit that had one pip left, but I destroyed at least one unit first turn in the three games I won. Um, so it, it, it was, it, I could tell by the, the look on my opponent's faces, they were like, Oh, you're, you're playing, you're shooting on turn one. 
And, I, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm shooting, I'm shooting hard on turn one. And I'm, I'm trying to basically like, I, I don't know. We've talked about it before of kind of re- relating things to chess. And there is a, a, a theory in chess of if you are ahead, you want to trade down as fast as possible because then you are ahead in the end game. And that's where you want to get to. So my theory with the going into LVO was start trading down turn one. If I have to sacrifice units to get my C3 to work, to be able to hit short range, it's totally worth it. If I destroy more of theirs than I lose at the end of the game, I will win. Um, and yeah, it, it worked well, like, like uh, going up against uh, Ed in round one, because he brought C3. Um, I think he was the only person I played that had full, full-blown full C3, or uh, not C3, ECM. ECM. Yes, thank you. Uh, he's the only person who brought full-blown ECM. Um, so even with the C3 not working, it was effective until the end <laughs> when when he punished me with his dice and beat me over the head. Um but it was working. So I, I, while it, it, I lost, it was still kind of a proof of concept. Cause I, I think I got his, um, bulldog crippled Brutus. MOV or Brutus. Thank you. Um, and then I was like, you know, shooting his SRM carriers at long range. So I was hampering his, his strategy from turn one. Um, yeah, no, it's funny, Charles. Cause that's, that's, your list was exactly to to hurt like my list because my list had no long range damage, but gobs of medium range damage. So it was kind of the perfect matchup in that regard. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I I wanted to punish Ed. I never knew it, but I was <laughs> I, I showed up wanting to punish Ed. Um, <laughs> you are reverse Canadian. You are reverse Canadian. Nice. Like, this, <laughs> your name showed up on this baseball bat before I even arrived. um but yeah so i it and it to me it totally proved the concept um is it necessarily the best thing for every scenario no um but there's definitely a place for having a sniper unit or a skilled down unit um so like for me because i went the c3 route i didn't skill down the jesses um because you were going to get that short range anyway Right, right. So I was going to be doing uh, four, well, three, because they were at standstill most of the time. So it was mm-hmm. going to be three plus TMM, you know, yeah. and maybe and maybe train. So, um, but it, like in my head, it, it totally solidified the idea of having a unit or two that can throw some very serious long range damage for that that first that first turn because um, making. I, I'm a pretty aggressive player uh, in, in 350. So, uh, me being able to dictate from turn one, this is, you know, this is how we're going to play this. And I'm going to push, push into you with my other units and I'm going to have these other ones hanging back. Um, it really kind of fit my play style. So, um, yeah, for, for people who, um, like want to get brawly and that's all they want to do is get brawly. You can, you can stick with the, the, the medium range, but, um, it, it is totally possible to run into a unit that's going to throw long and you have to be ready to be, to adjust to it. Cause, um, all my, all my opponents, except Max, Max did not have to adjust. Um, cause, cause we, 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 we played very, uh, uh, similar. 
No, well, not similar. But we we both brought long range counters. We we both ha- were set up to uh, hurt hurt the other guy at long range, mm-hmm. and um, ours was uh, very um, positional, uh-huh. where he had the uh, uh, Annie on a hill, and I had enough cover to hide behind. So it just kind of turned into a, this like stalemate of like like inches, just trying to edge <laughs> into each other, um, and and that was a very intense game until I I blinked after seventy five minutes. <laughs> I, I, I finally blinked, and then he he snuck into a bunker. But oh um, no! But but otherwise, if and it was also on the Mars map. I think if we would have been on a different map, it it would have been a much different game. But uh, any any map where I could stack up a couple hills. Um, and get my justice deployed on him. Deployed on um, hill. Yep, was was going to be scary. So, uh, yeah. So, anybody who wants to run long range, do it. It's a lot of fun. It, it, it just math wise makes it. If I can roll dice and you're not rolling dice, even if I don't hit, it's still a percentage chance better that I can do two or three or four damage to a unit that you need to have fresh when it get in a medium range. Um, Isn't that the best yeah. thing to hear from your opponent? Is I can't shoot that far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, like, it, it did feel gotta, good, especially well, especially having just two's not moving, you know, at a standstill, and then but then turn one having it where they receive no return fire, it definitely yeah. felt good. Or um, I I have no shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does um, feel really good. As as of late, I've been playing around a lot with uh, skill three units, and. Having been in my Marauder 2, my Marauder 2C, the Marauder 2C, whichever one you want to pick, whatever one you want to pick, um, a skill 3 unit with that being able to throw 5 or 4 damage down range at long, you know, I can pick out that big unit that they have with a TMM of 1. You know, I'm at 3, 7, count 2 more for terrain in that mod. I'm throwing nines uh, and five dice. Those two, three pips are going to pay off down the road. So, yeah, things when, things to think about. And and going off what Aaron was saying, like I, I've talked before about, like you want you want to be throwing sixes versus your opponent's eights or sevens versus their nines, right? Like that's that's the sweet spot of the curve. Um, but man, when you're throwing sixes versus there, I can't shoot you. That is <laughs> way better. That is like the ultimately better. Oh. <laughs> that is. It's like the, oh no. Licking my fingers like, yeah, turn one is mine, baby. So, All right. Thank you for that. I just wanted to, I wanted to go into that and give our listeners a little deep dive onto how, how your list was going. Cause I, I paid attention to yours quite a bit and I wanted to see how that would work. And, yeah. uh, yeah, other than old boxcar Ed over there, uh, been, <laughs> you would have been four and one. So yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, who knows who I would have faced if uh, exactly? If, you know, if, if I would have won that one. Who, who did Swiss you face second round? Ed. Ah, uh, jeez, the day was such a blur. I cannot remember who I faced second round. <laughs> what was what was the mission? Was it headhunters? Uh, second like, round would have been headhunters. 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 Oh, I'm gonna have to apologize. I can't remember. Oh, they probably would have beat go. me anyway. So, yeah. All right, did, Mario. Did, uh, did uh, Joey run a Rasselhog unit? 
Joey did. Yep, he ran his Gunsburg Eagles. Yeah, and oh. I, I, I was mistaken earlier. It wasn't Jason. It was uh, Joey. It was I don't know I if there was off. Josh. Was there? There was. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Josh ran the the Lyron. No, and I, I was running uh, Dark uh, Dark Age uh, Republic. <laughs> I just throwing that out there. You faced Mister Prophet second round. Ah, uh, yes. Red oh, okay. checking the records. <laughs> uh, gotta, yeah. love that, gotta love that tournament data. <laughs> that's, that's good data. That's data that's gold. Uh, but no, thank right. you, Charles, for that. That that was a good insight. All right, now we can go on. Taking him off the back burner. The man of the hour. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Ladies there's and gentlemen, there's 2023 no... LVO Alpha Strike 350 champion. Mario, Mr. Bruce, Garzolini. There, that's the best you're gonna get out of me. That's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, 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 and for the for the listeners, the reason I keep calling him Mr. Perfect is he's the first person to ever go undefeated and have all four objective points from every In round, every game. Yep. Didn't didn't get that perfect MOV though, so he's Mr. Almost Perfect. I will have to my I will have to tip my hat definitely to Gideon. He had me beat on the MOV. <laughs> serial killer. Why we call him serial <laughs> killer? <laughs> That's right. Um no, but but I think if, if anybody ever gets undefeated, all objectives and all MOV, we'll just call him Alaric. That will be the uh-huh. Alaric Award. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Plot, plot armor. Plot armor. Can't we just say like the, Karins- like the Karinsky Award or something? The full Karinsky. The full, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, no, but Mr. Brute, tell us, tell us, how did the event go for you? I mean, other than winning, how did, like, what was your uh, kind of round by round? What were the close calls? God. So we'll, we'll start my morning out with uh, walking in. Uh, I got to I got the privilege to uh, enjoy the tournament with my my wife with me. And uh, if you do get the opportunity to get family members to come along with you, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it, being able to kind of share that experience and and you know get to spread the the awesomeness to the community is is really cool. Um, so my hurt throughout the day started when I got to look at the, uh, oh, the parade of armies and I started looking at the lists and I was just like, oh, hell, this is not going to go well. The, the armies is, I mean, every tournament they get, tournament they get better. (laughs) I was looking at these armies like, oh Christ, this is, this is going to be rough. There's, there's no rollover armies in this list or in this whole group. I mean, these even even the new players had armies that were just. I mean, they've been listening. They were armed to the teeth. So I, I got to face uh, Bourbon during the first round. Love playing with Ben. He's that sounded bad. Love playing against Ben. Uh, great guy. Uh, he is. He took his Davian list. Uh, close calls would definitely be when I made a joke that he should have jumped his Sagittarius back. And he didn't do it. And it was purely a joke. But then when I realized what I had said, I almost told him to basically shut me off from 
collecting the four objectives, which I accidentally got and didn't realize it. Uh, that was his his fight was rough. He he had a, a very good list. His uh, his cavaliers or not cavaliers cavalry helicopters. They put the herd on me, and the Sagittarius was just difficult to deal with. And he had a uh, an awesome awesome idea using a, a gun trailer. So that was really cool. I don't want to give away anymore because you know do your own research on the Davian list, but it was cool. Uh, so I walked away with a win there. I went on to face Tommy in Headhunter, and that was every everything that me and me and Tommy's matches always turn out to be. Uh, motive rolls, fire control hits. Fire just, control. They're always ugly. They're just always ugly. And uh, he, you, the idea that Luke. Uh, or no, that Gideon brought to the table, like Coach was was saying about long range firepower. Tommy had a Nova Cat that hit at long range. I had nothing that could touch it, so I had to move forward fast. Uh, I felt really good about that game because I controlled most of the terrain until I realized that Tommy was not going to go along with it and made me cross my own man made no man's land, which really sucked. Uh so I, I managed to get the win there, I, which I don't know how I pulled that off because he critted my uh, my Urus right off the bat, which took it from moving 12 inches to moving 6. So that was that was rough. But then I went on to play uh, uh, Mr. Last Man Bambridge, uh, which was awesome to get to see him out of Canada. Uh, he did not have a lot of games to his... Uh, credit so we started out and i won and i'm purely going to put this down to one of those few moments when i do have a decent dice roll and i managed to kill his winter hawks and or kill one of his winter hawks which shut down his infantry because if i hadn't done that in the next turn he would have hit both or two bunkers in the rear field and there would have been nothing i could have done about it so i got lucky there and he had a he had an impressive wiring list. He had a SRM carriers. He had medium mech mobility. He had infantry and fast moving APCs. And he had a hunchback that was just god awful scary. I mean, there was nothing nothing good about dealing with that. So I got lucky, and then it just kind of went from there. But it was I enjoyed that game because it was some teachable moments to kind of you know what can I do to help you improve you know, your games further and, you know, learning from somebody else. You know, well, and that's all but, that, uh, uh Mario has to say. Got the, <laughs> yeah. am your, I cutting out? Your internet, your internet cut out a little bit. Oh, am I back? Can you hear yeah, me? I, I, okay. I wanted to jump in on it cause I paid attention to that game and that is, that was like the picture perfect moment of what we would love to see experienced players do to, um, uh, newer players, not beat them down, but go over exactly what happened in that game. Explain to them that, yes, this was lucky as hell that I, I took out this unit. Otherwise, you were going to do this. You guys had a really good conversation there for about 20 minutes. And, and yeah. I, I, I just wanted to point that out, that that's what I love. I saw it a ton this weekend. But that yes. was one that really stood out in my mind. I was sitting next to that game. Sorry to jump in, but I was I was sitting next to that game, and more than once I heard Mario say, 
are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and that was that was great. That was just good sportsmanship there because I think uh, Matt, I think Matt did the same one thing. of his first games. Matt did the same thing with Josh too. I mean, it, it de- I definitely, I definitely will say I, I must have paid it forward because Sean, <laughs> Sean definitely graced me with, with, with a little bit of, a little bit of karma for some of the good things <laughs> I did earlier on. <laughs> and I'll get to that. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed playing with Brett. Um, there was, you know, trying to teach him some things, some things to look forward to, and you may, maybe, maybe some changes to help improve his game. Uh, I hope that his brother will will uh, do some gaming with him with Alpha Strike. He, I believe it was his brother, stopped by the table to kind of see what was going on. So that was cool, and it was awesome being on the end table for that, so that I could come over to his side and show him. Okay, you know, look from yeah. my perspective would do. It was that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, let's see. Went on to round four against Jonathan, one of the Florida guys. And he had that uh, Russell Hog Dominion list. And when he laid out his list, all I could think was, thank God he didn't put the fire mouth out there because I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I did not need a, I did not need my favorite mech in, in Alpha Strike doing Watching a slap you. fight. <laughs> doing a slap fight with another one that had a better pilot. <laughs> it was not going to go well. So And and playing Jonathan, he doesn't make very many mistakes. No, he doesn't. He's very good. He's very sharp. So uh round 1, I moved my Eurus up behind a, a a hill, and I think I'm saying that right. I hope I am Eurus or Eris. Sure. And, and uh his mad cat immobilized the Urus and my Urus did a boxcar on boxcar kill of his mad cat. And it was, it was like, well, your best unit is down and my best unit's down. So, well, now we're just going to have to kind of slug it out. And it, it, it turned into, that was a, that was a bloodletting. I mean, he, he mobilized a couple of my tanks and he, he really made me work for it. But, uh, he got, and he had that God awful Kingfisher. <laughs> oh boy, back. that's a Jesus. good back. Standard engine Omnimex or no yep. joke, no matter what. But uh, I, I'm, I finally, I managed to basically kind of overrun him in his backfield, and oh, I got him. But that was hard. That was not an easy fight. Uh, so then I moved on to, and and the whole time I've got Andrew and Aaron popping by. Hey, hey, do you know how you're standing? You know, you, you know. Oh, you, you're going to have to beat him. You've, you, you're, you're the last hope to to shoot him down. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. And then I didn't I, say I, anything of the oh, sort. Oh, oh man, it, it, Jonathan, if you don't roll good on this one, he brute's going to go on, and there'll be no stopping him, or some, some, something like that. I'm <laughs> like, whose team are you on, man? <laughs> so not not yours. <laughs> so through all of that, Mario's single response was. I can't I don't lose care. because my I, he doesn't care. He doesn't care because if he comes in second, all he'll hear from his wife is you were I'm first, the first I'm the first loser. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what happened at Kroll Sisters a go go. I called yes. her, I put her on speakerphone and she goes, yep. I said, Honey, I made second place. She goes, Oh, first loser. <laughs> yes. So. Pretty much first thing that came out of her mouth. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. She's a pretty brutal critic. So, last so, game, I, I, I get put up against Sean Goldsby. So, are you saying brute 
Brutal? Yes, Mrs. Brutal. <laughs> Mrs. Brutal, yeah. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have scripted it any other way. L Championship game, Mario versus Goolsby. It is a, a tale told more than once. <laughs> it's, that would be... Oh, well, if we look back on my... My games, I faced Sean at in the championship round for for the uh, the first Gen Con, mm -hmm. and that was when I had that horrifying battle armor list against his massed artillery. That was that that was a rough game. He and he handed me a hell of a beating. It was a good job on his part. And then I faced him again at Gen Con in twenty two. And I managed to squeak out a victory there in bunkers. So that was that was close. And the only reason I beat him is I I, met, I got lucky and broke his infantry transport with his infantry in it. That's <laughs> that's the only way. So then it's me and Sean again, and I'm like, he they make the announcement, and I'm just like, I put my head down on the table. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is not what I want to hear. So and Sean, I mean Sean. Hey, iron having... sharpens iron, man. I know, right? Hell's horses sharpens hell's horses. Yep, it was the hell's horses on hell's horses game, and Sean he he did an incredible job because he was getting. I mean, he had the victories. He just didn't have the uh, the objective points yep. total. And they kept trying coming by and trying to tell me, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear the metrics of it. I, I've only got one thing I got to worry about. Just <laughs> win, so, baby. Yeah. So it it comes down. It's King of the Hill, and it's me versus Sean. And I'm like, well, hell. There's only one tactic for King of the Hill when you're rolling demolishers. Straight up the <laughs> yeah. middle. Yeah. You better. You better move. So if you if you got the scene of the pictures on Facebook, it was just. Two that, heavy our, forces. We streamed the game, so you can watch the whole thing. It was two heavy forces just slamming into each other, and it was it was ugly. And it was God, I whiffed so many dice rolls. It was it was horrible. <laughs> I I got to learn a whole new respect for black wolves being used as meat shields. Those things just wouldn't freaking die. But the thing there, there, there was a gentleman that made a comment on Facebook, and I was a little blown away that he thought he'd get thrown out of the group for it. So like, this is not not the group of people that would be upset by that. And he was totally right, though. But uh, if it had not been for, I mean, the the, the karma thing, maybe. But uh, Sean is a very gracious and, and a wonderful player to go up against. And you know, if you ever get a chance to play a game with Sean, he's a great guy. But I, I missed moving one of my units, and Sean let me move it. So that was super cool of him. I, I hope I can repay the favor for him one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe not across the maybe table. Maybe not. <laughs> Those games are always always rough. Those are stressful. It'll probably be shoulder to shoulder when you're like, "Hey, you didn't move this mech over there." I'm I'm watching yeah. your game. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> let me let me help you out here. So Sean made so, two vital mistakes. Well, not mistakes. He made one mistake and and let you move your your tank. So no, I because didn't I, think I remember him did was shoot shoot like one point of damage off the battle armor. So I don't think it made well, that much of a difference. 
And I just remember very distinctly Sean going, I just lost the game because he moved his Phoenix Hawk into the wrong base, yep. the base with a the wrong tank, I think. So Yes, he went after the wrong demolisher. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that is that is a yeah. He went after the wrong demolisher. He dogpiled on one and and then decided to split his horses. And he if he if he would have, I mean, then skill five Phoenix Hawk two C drop kicking a tank is not fun. <laughs> I, I got to experience it several times. I lost I lost several tanks for that move. If you ever happen to play Sean Goolsby and he has a Phoenix Hawk 2C on the other side of the table, which most likely he He will. will. Stay (laughs) away from it. Do not worry about getting shot by it. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not going to shoot you. It's going to kick you. (laughs) He has has his kill count on his feet. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, he, I, I... there are rules, uh, changes that I am thankful for. There are rules, changes I am not <laughs> thankful for. Last weekend's rule change was hurtful, but there was one that was further back where they changed the DFA rules. Yeah. Oh, thank God he can't do nine damage with a jump on that friggin' Phoenix yeah. Hawk. Or I'd have been losing a lot more. Because <laughs> that was, that well, was I, rough. It was I'm the title mistaken. fight we all wanted. So, If I'm not mistaken, it's the Phoenix Hawk. 2C6, the one with HT222. Yep. Yes, so. yes, that's his. That is his go-to. His baby. It is. He loves that mech. <laughs> it, it 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 perfectly encapsulates all the things that Sean likes to do, which is move, <laughs> cause problems, and set you on fire and beat <laughs> you to death. Like the true Hell's Horses player he is. Oh yeah, he's just, he's I'm, just trying. He's just trying to get you to stop, drop, and roll forcibly. Oh, he's he's going to. I'm just gonna say right now, I don't want to play you two in doubles. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> we talked about that, and I'm like, Sean, think about it. We could run three heiress right up the center. <laughs> no one would be able to stop that. Oh yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. There've been so, fire moss, fire moss, and and Aris tanks and jumping, jumping Phoenix Hawks all over the place. He'd been no, everybody was, would have been miserable. It was a great last match. It came down to the very bitter end. It it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it it was. My I had one I had one tank hanging by a thread, one tank with a motive hit, and he had one mech left. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was just a slugfest. Yeah, it was it was a very good game. And and. And I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, a gentleman did comment on our Facebook page, who's new, mm-hmm. um, and he did say, you know, hey, he forgot to do this. Um, well, first of all, let's let's address the first comment because I think it's a very teachable moment. There are a lot of players out there that come from competitive games mm-hmm. and other Facebook groups that are maybe not the greatest Facebook book groups in the world, but his his initial comment of i'll probably get booted now <laughs> one it's it's almost refreshing to see that comment because we never do in our facebook group it's like i have an opinion and this is what it is and somebody help me out with this or disagree not disagree whatever a very proud papa moment for both i think all of wolfnet and all of the people there was andrew was doing his spiel and he said, rule number one is have fun. And rule number two, and he paused 
And the entire group said, don't be a dick in unison. And I yep. thought, I mean, a tear rolled down my eye. I know it did down there. I got choked up a little bit. It was fucking phenomenal. That is what we have been pushing for when we first started this, because we knew Battletech was going to be a tough egg to crack when it, we're trying to do a competitive format. And if people can just keep that mantra, have fun, don't be a dick. If that's the first two rules of any rule set or tournament or whatever, the day is going to go great. Um, if you're going to buck the system, I'm sorry. Hopefully, I mean, if you're there and we're TOing, you're you're not going to be invited back. Sorry, you you broke rule one and two. Um, I don't know well, how you break rule let one. Me, let me, the don't be a dick is what I immediately fall fall forward with. That is is don't be the negative play experience. We have been doing this now for a little over two years. Um, we are a small community that is continuing to grow. Um, and, and this, it goes really for any time you come, go across the table from somebody else. I think Tom Bovey made the statement. If you win and the person across from you never wants to play the game again, did you actually win? Right? You want oh. to encourage people to be able to come back to the table. Um, thankfully, we've been able to hit a, a good sweet spot that even the people who lose the entire day still walk away with a smile on their face. They still enjoyed the day. They're still already talking about, I know what I did wrong. I know I'm going to build for the next list. When are we going to do this again? That is exactly what we are after. I, I could care less about the people at the top. I'm more worried about the people at the bottom. And so far, those people want to come back and, and try it again. There was probably 30 to 50 people that walked by Friday and went, Battletech was my first game I ever played. And this doesn't look like what I played. And I went, well, here, go out and get the Alpha Strike Commander's Edition, download uh, the 350 rule set, and you can have fun like this. He goes, already done. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was, because I'd be in the elevator. And of course, I got those fucking light up bunny ears on. And they're like, ah, Chippendales. And I was like, yep, yep. They told me to bring a prop. <laughs> and then they saw Catalyst Game Labs. And I go, wait a minute. Are you the Battletech guys? And we're like, yes. It was like, we heard you were here. And it was like, we were like, an endangered species brought back to life or something. <laughs> I says, come by the tables. You'll see me. I'm the guy with the bunny ears. And sure enough, a majority of those people came by, um, saw the game. They said, man, this looks like fun. Uh, I loved Battletech, this and that. And I said, well, we're, we're going to be around. So check us out. Uh, go buy the new box set, this and that. And uh, so... The, the, validation, a... the validation for me was we looked like we belonged in the room. We had hundred, we had eight, nine different games going on in that room. We belonged in the room. We, our yeah. terrain was the same. We had tape measures. We had everybody doing what all the other games were doing in the different universes. Um, what we put what we set out to do LVO validated for me that 
we created a game system in those rooms. So it could compete with Warhammer 40k. I I want to say we we may have exceeded the expectations of every gaming system around us because when you get to get experience and man, you this was your first one. You maybe you can back me up on this, but the atmosphere at all the tables was were it was people having fun and laughing and cheering each. I mean, you were shoot you know you're shooting me up. I'm laughing and cheering you on for shooting me. You know, we're we're having you know having good conversations and we're we're enjoying the time together. And I mean, a lot of other tables that seemed very tense and they wasn't there wasn't that kind of you know laughter and cheering and, and camaraderie kind of thing but i don't know what, what, what do you think ed yeah no for sure it's uh I, i'd say particularly the doubles tournament the next day was something i i'd never seen an event like that like so many people cheering so happily uh at every at every move that that was that was a that was a huge hit but even on the day during the tournament like yeah during the games those are those are tense games so you tend to be heads down and pretty focused but as soon as there's a breath oh it's just laughter cheers and, and happiness but yeah no we totally we totally fit in we we totally belonged i mean <laughs> being able to laugh and cheer i mean i think that 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 catches people's attention because when you're in a major gaming tournament and you're you like you're saying your head's down and you're facing you know what's going on i mean i don't see other groups having the kind of fun we were having even when you're getting your teeth kicked in that was one thing that I really wanted to pay attention to because it was somebody's birthday, uh, Friday at LVO, <laughs> and we all happy stood... birthday, Patrick! <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, <laughs> Patrick! <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> two people's birthdays. Uh, your very own Wolfnet's Charles Gideon also had a birthday that day, and we before we started the whole tournament, we took we took a picture, and of course Charles tried to hide again. I'm good at it. Yeah, I'm a seventh commando. (laughs) (laughs) Diligent and good, but yeah. Well, we we sang happy birthday, and I thought it was going to be more of like a Gen Con crowd because I think we. Oh, you can go back and oh yeah, and listen (laughs) to our PSR, and everybody in the room broke out in applause. Everyone (laughs) has having a good time. That was not here. Like I looked around and like not really anybody was joining in on the happy birthday. And I don't know how you don't join in on a happy birthday song. I mean, come on. But that was kind of the weird uh around us. Like we were when they we were moved the happiest us people there. When they moved us from the edge to the middle, it was almost like a just a pick me up for the whole room because it it was like, oh my god, these guys are laughing and having fun and Beers are getting passed around, and and everyone's just like, "Wait a minute, are you? Aren't you guys in a tournament?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're this is a serious tournament." You're yeah. like, "That What's guy's having way years? too much fun." <laughs> Those guys are doing shots for objectives. Yeah. <laughs> Why are welcome. there smiles? I don't welcome. <laughs> and, and you did. You looked around. You're like, you didn't see smiles. You didn't see uh, just happy go lucky people. It was like. You're serious there's there's a level of competition that we want but i don't ever want to get to that level where it's just like i'm all here for business i paid my money i'm here to win the whole thing I'm like eh, you sure you're not here to be in vegas you know when most of the country's 
in a in a winter storm and rolling dice and having fun. I I I really hope we we never get there. And by God, if Wolfnet is my witness, we will never do that. But we always had a cr- uh, crowd looking on. And I mean, let let's also go with uh, Aaron. You and I aren't usually quiet people, so that <coughs> I mean. False lie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> let's just go with, with part of that. It, it's a circus in a show most of the time. Yeah. It, it does help when you have a couple of look at me, look at me's being the T.O.'s. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Oh, if, like a bunch of... Uh... If Aaron's going to wear the bunny ears at the next tournament, maybe Andrew needs like a, a top hat so he can be the ringmaster. I will say... To a lot of people's disappointment, the bunny ears stayed in Vegas. What? Where'd yep. you put them? Wow. I left them right there with that picture of all the pizza boxes, the oh. empty bottles of booze, and three Your packs garbage. of empty beer bottles. I I thought <laughs> it was a good enough time. Bunny ears, you you should just stay here. Because one, it was fitting. And two, I don't know how I was going to explain that to my wife. <laughs> There's there's no good way to to just you know figure out how you ended up with glow in the glowing money ears. Just tell her just tell her Shay made you go to Chippendales. Well, I will say I talked Shay up quite a bit, and um, she is going to be the pioneer of BattleTech's Wives Club. So nice. for the next few tournaments or whatever, there is there is a leader that is risen above everyone, and her name is Shay. And uh, if you, if your wife is hesitant to come out coming out to the one of these events, there's a ringleader, and uh, I think I actually convinced my wife to maybe attend one of these in the future. So I said Shay was the shit, and she was, even though she was the only wife there, and you and you <laughs> lied to her, you flat out lied to your own hey, wife. You know what? You can blame Drew Bathers. No, there were other there were other people that said they were coming, but they didn't. Well, and his wife was there, I think, but I don't, we don't never see her. And I think there were a couple other significant others, but they were playing other games. So, like, they were there, but they were doing in incognito. Yeah. Yeah, they I, there I know they were support their husband, were they? Yeah, or like I don't you know, know that mine was there to, to support me. <laughs> she was. She, she was there to mock you if you failed. Exactly. She was motivation. <laughs> she, uh, she she busted me on the painting contest. <laughs> She's like, you want to know who did who who won the painting contest? And Mike. I don't know who. And she's like, not you. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Well, I will say we have a we have a new uh, new organizer for most of our events that she keeps coming. So I will do what I can to bring her along. Time um, for a break. I think I think it is. Um, well, it's currently eleven. I don't know if we're done talking about LVO, time. but <clears throat> let's go I, ahead and uh, have a, this history brief with Charles Gideon, brought to you by. Aries games in miniatures. Fuck that. That's weak. Oh my shit. god. Oh my god. You were laughing. <laughs> you, you, Wake you, up. I mean, coach can do it. If if he you, you, you want to have Ed do it? <laughs> if if I'm gonna oh, do it. Ed, Ed, let's do it. Let's do it Canadian style. Well, I can do the Charlie Taco Truck voice if you want. 
Do yes. that one. Yeah, that's an excellent one. And this history brief brought to you by Charles Gideon and this history brief has been brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs. What to do when your perfectly planned coup gets crashed. Hello Wolfnet and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. You may recall that last month, we spoke about the fall of the Word of Blake on Terra, the great last stand of Blakeists during the Jihad. Today, we return to the Jihad, but rather than the strategic masterstrokes of its end, we focus on one of the bumbling failures which kicked it off. First, as always, we set the context. And to do this, we must start in the 3030s, when then, Gunji no Kanre Theodore Kurita instituted numerous reforms in the Draconis Combine mustard soldiery. In reaction, a secret cabal of traditionalist hardliners known as the Black Dragon Society emerged. Over the intervening decades, as Theodore, who was now coordinator, saw his policies grow and become entrenched in the military, so too did the Black Dragon's influence grow. What had been a small group of powerful individuals pulling strings from the shadows had grown into a full-blown political movement which had even found sway among members of the DCMS. Of those affected units, the most important to this story is the venerated Second Sword of Light, the regiment who felt slighted after their part in the Combine Ghost Bear War proved to be a fertile field for the Black Dragons to sow the seeds of discord and treason. Unknown to the Second Sword, the Black Dragons were actually the ones who poured the gasoline and sparked the match that set off that entire conflict. But I digress. What the Black Dragons had was most of an elite regiment ready to dance whatever tune they called. A regiment that just happened to be on Luthien, the Combine's capital. They also knew when the coordinator would be off-planet to attend the fourth witting conference. This was important because no Combine warrior fights harder than when defending the dragon. For the coup to work, they needed the defenders to be willing to give up ground. With their main force in place and a clear window of opportunity, they went ahead and hired Sathan's snipers, a mercenary battalion, to provide the second sword support. Once the dragon left his lair, the Black Dragon struck. Their first move was to bring down the HPG station. This prevented the Loyalists from reporting out what was happening and request reinforcements, which would draw the coup to a short and bloody end for the conspirators. Days later, they moved on the Imperial Palace and were surprised by the extreme determination shown by the defenders despite the coordinator being off-planet. Fierce resolve was shown on both sides, but the capital's guard were never able to retake the initiative after the first shots. The Black Dragons had taken the Imperial Palace, and the defenders were forced to break contact, hoping to regroup. Now we come to the lesson section of this brief, and well, Wolfnet, it's a doozy. You and I both understand the value of controlling the information coming and going from a conflict zone. Cutting connections between enemy units, disrupting command and control, confusing combatants and populations. This is our bread and butter. What you don't do 
is cut off your own metaphorical ears and tongue to deafen and mute your enemy, as the Black Dragons would learn the hard way. You see, because the HPG Center was offline, no one on Luthien was aware of the fallout stemming from the fourth Witting Conference where, as you might remember, the second Star League was dissolved. Specifically, they weren't aware that the Word of Blake had set off on their jihad, or that Word of Blake's warships had arrived in system. They were too busy wresting control of the palace from the Atomo for that. Which brings us to the first day of 3068, when the 9th Division of Word of Blake Militia made planetfall on Luthien. Where the Black Dragons apparently lacked intelligence-gathering experience, the Word of Blake had it in spades. What they lacked compared to the Black Dragons, though, was an understanding of the people they were facing. The Blakists were, well, they thought they were, coming to the rescue of the Loyalists. Theodore Carita had been one of the defenders of maintaining the Second Star League at Whitting, and it was the word's best interest to keep him in power. But instead of landing and trying to connect with the Loyalists under a banner of truce, they instead attempted to shock and awe both parties into standing down. What they got instead was a three-way fight that would be a bloody meat grinder for all sides involved and wouldn't end for several years. They failed because no one in the DCMS, except maybe the coordinator himself, would view an outside force showing up unannounced as a boon, especially during a coup. Once more proving, knowing your enemy as you know yourself is the only path to victory. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Welcome to the Armor Up Podcast, your premier source for all things battle armor and oh my combat god. vehicles. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm on the wrong podcast, my bad. Mario, could you pull this, this dagger out of my back? I, I can't reach it, so I know I didn't put it there. Oh, I will take, it. Hey, I'll take it out next <clears throat> week if we have you record with us. <laughs> oh. so welcome no, back to Armored Up uh, Podcast. Uh, my name is Chandler Eden Reller. <laughs> and I know everything. My name is Mario, Mr. Brute, and I like the Tonks. <laughs> oh, that is true. I do like Tonks. Am I supposed to disclose my list, by the way? Since no. I no, you don't have to. Oh, I don't do care. That on Facebook it's it's like invalid that. now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, we should get into that. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, uh, the Armored Up uh, Radio uh, Floozy Podcast, um, if you haven't noticed by now, yes, MUL has had a major update to all infantry, all battle armor, <coughs> and, uh, all the fun stuff that you thought was fun and cheap. It's not fun and cheap anymore. It's still fun, just not cheap. That so. cough brought to you by Fireball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. There was some look of that at LVO, too. Look who's... <laughs> Somebody brought somebody brought Las Vegas home with them. Uh, so anyway, that wasted tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the MUL updated. Uh, thankfully, after LVO. Thank you, thank you, yeah, Justin. Thank you, thank you. 
I can't even imagine the shit show that would have happened if that happened a week before LVO. So, uh, big shout out to all those in power. You know who you are um, that held that off for. But man, did that make the plane ride home interesting? <laughs> because they didn't even wait till Monday. They like released it Sunday or something like that. And they're like, ah, all hell fucking broke loose. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I, I dropped a I dropped an f bomb in the middle of the airport. And people, <laughs> I saw what happened to my gnomes. I was like, "What up?" <laughs> people all turned to look. I think the highest increase I've seen was twenty some points to their entire list. Mine was twenty. Yours was yeah, twenty even. Mine was twenty two. I think. I know mine was nine or ten or nine or ten, something like that. Seventeen here. Look at you guys and your crutches. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're Republic of the Sphere Dark Age, you, you got to bring the torts. You got to bring the copus. That's, that's you true. Know. 100%. Just got to. So, this is your public service announcement uh, for Adepticon, which is coming in March. End of March. Uh, I believe the 350 tournament is March 27th. That Friday. Yep. So the Friday of that week. Uh if you haven't noticed it and you are listening to this podcast, go back and make your list again because it's not going to be correct. How what, many uh, lists have you had submitted? No one's. I think I've had one list submitted so far, and I've already talked to that guy. So, <laughs> the, was that the guy with the beautifully painted list that he posted that he had just completed? Oh no! I saw Ken today. Well, his we, skills we are going to change. We didn't, get, we didn't get a chance to talk. We didn't get a chance to talk a whole lot. We were had the table set up. We were about ready to start rolling dice, and his wife called and said that there was water running down the inside of the wall downstairs. So he had a, a water leak that he needed to go home and take care of. So That's not good. hopefully that works out for him. Okay. Well, it really wasn't a good day for Ken. No, no. So anyway, yes. Um, the infantry that has been deemed basically light mechs uh, <laughs> lost their brawler discount, whichever the brawler discount was. Turns out it was around 25 to 30 <laughs> percent. So, Huge. Yeah. It, uh, <clears throat> it is going to change the landscape quite a bit. Um, says I you. Think, I think I says you. Lost, I think I lost 20, 23 points on my list because of it. But but for all the all those folks who have, um, you know, uh, if if they haven't dug into how the the PV works and that sort of thing, because there's been lots of questions um, over like how are tortoise the cost they are when I can't take a point of elementals for the same cost? How am I throwing five damage rather than? two damage at medium range and it's the same you know the same pv um so that is why because those slow um those slow battle armor that didn't generate tmm uh and didn't have any long range they got a discount so now that discount has gone away because um the my, my understanding is the alpha strike crew um identified that well you just throw those torts in a transport and now they suddenly aren't brawlers anymore they are a strike team and um 
it's cheaper to take a transport and these assault battle armor than it is to take a light mech that does the same thing. So we need to fix this. So they did away with that. Um, so now, yeah, all of your assault battle armor cost about the same as, as a light mech, um, which I personally, and this is coming from somebody who had, you know, four, four of these units uh, at LVO. I think it's good for the game. Um, I think it does draw some attention then to the more utilitarian battle armor. Um, cause it was kind of like everybody was okay with those being maybe, uh, not terribly feasible for PV, um, when they could just take assault battle armor <laughs> and still, still accomplish the goal. Um, but I think though, that kind of your run of the mill, maybe your, like your standard elementals, your gray deaths, um, your IS standards i i think it would be cool if those had maybe like a 10 percent discount just to make it where there is a benefit to them granted there, there's a, a lot of uh, battle armor that didn't get brawler um that had no change um and those are kind of some of the uh ones that are uh broken in the other way uh in getting like extreme tmms but that's a different subject for a different day but um yeah i think i just will say that i think that it was a, a, a move in the right direction um i think that us in implementing faction era uh curtailed some of the assault battle armor uh abuse i'll i'll, I'll call it um but this will definitely it, it makes it a fair decision now of do i want to take that extreme assault battle armor or do i want to take a mech that maybe doesn't quite do as much damage, but um, is more reliable. And, and it's the whole package instead of just half of it. But that's me rambling on. So I see Brute sitting there boiling <laughs> on the pot. <clears throat> Brute, what do you think? <laughs> you going to spew your garbage now? God. <laughs> uh, I, I Here's him pulling out the soapbox. <laughs> It'll be dragged by. I'm oh, gonna... I do have that. I do have that sound bit <laughs> saved. So uh... gonna borrow Charles' soapbox here. I, to an extent, I agree. I believe that some of it does need to be dealt with some of the assault armors and stuff. But I, I also see that whenever you get assault armor, you've got to utilize ex additional points to bring a transport so you can move it. Some of it you can get away with a little bit on the clans. Most of the assault armor is not mechanized, so you can't carry it. I mean, if I still look at some BA, like the elemental is a good example. Intersphere battle armor is right there with it. I'll never use them. You, the only time you ever use an elemental is the first time you play, and it's what came in the box set. Oh, I, you know, I painted up these two elementals to go with the five mechs in the box set, and I made a 350 out of it. You'll never use those after the first time you've done it because they are too expensive and they don't do enough. I am not going to pay 21 PV for, or sorry, 19 PV for an elemental that jump six, has anti-mech, does two short-range damage, one medium-range damage. Okay, sure, it gets one TMM for jumping, one TMM for moving six and one TMM for being a BA. So you have basically three to hit. My gnomes, they, and the elemental has one armor, two structure. Gnomes are an easy one to do. Two armor, two structure, 
uh, you're looking at 20 PV for three damage, medium, three damage, long. Especially with the way this the the turn the format we use with the multi dice rolls, dude, they're not even like elementals aren't even worth looking at. They're too expensive three, and don't do enough. Three damage short, not long. They're sorry, three damage short, three damage medium. And there's even elemental. There's even gnomes that do damage at long. The LRM version. So sorry about that. Um, I'm losing out on anti-mech. Well, I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket of one single roll trying to do something. I I will always take the multi-rolls over the single. It just, I feel like the elementals, since they've reevaluated assault armor, they need to reevaluate the lighter armors to make them more affordable because nobody uses them. Well, I will say that the one good thing is they are they are looking at data. Yeah. They and are. they are changing things to fit the data. So that is one good so when when you bring up the elementals, they will see that I'm I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that they will say, Okay, we did this to assault battle armor. Which, in my mind, needed to happen. Assault battle armor was it's broken, ridiculously it's... undercosted. I mean, yeah. how many changes have we gone through now? You can't load and unload. You can't do that. I mean, they are trying to curb as best as they can assault battle armor. Now, when it comes to regular battle armor, um, there may be something coming down the pipeline. I don't know. There could be somewhere out there that will actually make elementals what they're supposed to be. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a fluid thing. It It is a fluid thing. And of course we're, everybody knows we're working on limited man hours and this and that. Uh, there's, I think there's two or three guys that are basically in charge of the whole thing and God bless them for doing yes. what they're doing. But, Absolutely. Uh, and if they're listening, I hope nobody takes this as me bitching at them. That's not, well, oh, we're going to take that. it as you bitching. <laughs> you take fine. it however you want it in there. We could, but... we bitch all the time on this show. <laughs> I know. I like to mention I mean... that my salamanders didn't get a bunch of a change. <laughs> yes. I but will, I mean, miss, know, like, I will I... miss the staple of gnomes. But, yes. Um, they didn't get I'll, hit nearly as hard as the jump strong reevaluation. Re so, no. That, you shut your mouth. <laughs> 25% was rough. The jump, Some of the jump strongs got like 6 PV. <laughs> That's yeah. nothing for them. It is nothing. I well, think B8 hit harder than jump strong. We're just going to have to give them more data then, I guess. So. Right. Now, pump, uh, up, pump up those rookie numbers. <laughs> that said, I'm, stop, I'm not going to run tanks anymore. Don't don't, don't touch my tanks. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Mario is not running anymore. <laughs> I, I think I might think about in a phalanx now. I mean, I got to make a jihad list. Might as well, right? But anyway, uh, yes, the, it was that was a big update to the MUO. It was. Um, it so was a needed update. It was a needed update. I agree, and I I think further down the line we're going to get more of those and and. From what, let me say this, the PV system already is miles ahead of BV. Oh, yeah. And now we're starting to take the scalpel to it. So that's a that's a good thing to look forward to. 
uh, to make our game more balanced, more fair, this and that. And that's what we're out for. Um, and BV2, not just regular BV, BV2. Yeah, BV2. Does anybody BVs. still do regular BV? Any BVs? No. Nope. Okay. Yeah, no, and, and I just want to, yeah, so, uh, uh, piggyback off what Mario said. It's in no way me complaining. Because, um, like Coach said, B- PV is um, a much tighter system than uh, BV, or and, and it's a much tighter system than it's ever been. It keeps getting tighter and tighter. So I don't, the, uh, it, it's me more just spitballing ideas live <laughs> rather than me being like, this is what they ought to do. Cause I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing out ideas. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's, uh, that, that is also one of the, the good things of just alpha strike in general is they do look at what 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 they're seeing what they're hearing like they, they keep their thumb on the pulse of what's going on um through multiple communities you know all over the place and when they run into problems they try to address them you know they they, they try to clear up ambiguities all of that and it's like every, every time there's a rata there is um i i would like to i would like to say when i when i read the alpha striker rata I can see where it's coming from. And I, you know, even if I'm kind of like, I don't necessarily care for it. I know why it's there. And it may, you know, so in that regard, it always makes sense. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know that, uh, any other system, I, I feel the same way. I don't have a whole lot of, uh, experience outside of, uh, uh, battle tech stuff, but like on the classic side, sometimes I read errata and I'm like, man, you're really kind of getting in the weeds there. But, um, with the alpha strike side, well, yeah, you got to, you got you to, and there's to. rule for everything. That's 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 the downside of classic is there's rule for everything. But um, I want a quick transition to. I know a lot of people that are hearing this are probably going like, "Wait, what?" We've mentioned a doubles tournament, and so I want to kind of briefly touch on. Yes, we put together some rules that we anticipated uh, that maybe we might be able to try out at LVO. And this is the doubles tournament. Uh, We don't have an official name for it, but um, this is us at Wolfnet branching off of our foundational rules that we've made for 350. And we always thought uh, a doubles tournament would be fun. Just, you know, let's see what happens when you put two people together against two people on the other side. And you play on a four by six map and you give them two hours and let's just see what happens. Um, that was the initial thought. So what we did was we kind of went through and we used, we utilized our existing scenarios and the thought processes was like, well, there's two people and versus two people. And there's a lot of units on the table. So at LVO, we, uh, nonchalantly said, Hey, everybody, I think we have some table space tomorrow. We're going to run a doubles tournament. And we had 16 people show up, which was great. Um, bring your 350, and we're going to play 700 points per side. And we're going to play two scenarios at the same time. So I believe first round was King of the Hill and Domination. And just to make it even more crazy and fun, let's add Headhunter to it as well. 
And because we thought, well, each player will have their commander, and if you kill the commander, that. And we let all of our players know that this was playtesting. This is nothing set in stone. We want your feedback. After the first game, we want your feedback on how it went. And um, so we did that. And the very first thing that came back was uh, actually, no. I think mid-first round, someone mentioned formation movement. Because if you're going to move Ed. one piece, I think Ed. initially we said every player has to move two piece, two units per move. And then during the first round, it was like a, a table talk conversation of like, how about we just do formation movement? And and then I think we did like and a loose... What, what, what we mean by formation movement for what we did with doubles is that if you were playing an inner sphere list, you grouped them in fours. Well, clans, you did five. And if you were running Comstar, Word of Blake, you did sixes. Right. So we, first round, we just said, okay, everybody move four units at a time just to, to, to play test that for the first round. Second round, we got, we got some amazing feedback. First feedback was probably 700 points was too much. Uh, second thing was, uh, you should do two formations per side. So, uh, if I'm on a team with Andrew, he'll move a formation, I'll move a formation. Then the other side move, moves two formations. But the second round, we, we went a little more in depth and we said, okay, if you're clan, you have to group in formations of five. If you're inner sphere, group formations of four. And we base it all off of what your battle armor squad size would be. It's it's a again on the fly, super easy um, way to find out. Okay, I'm going to make a doubles team list. What squad size am I, am I? That's my formation size. So we just went with that. Um, turns out the two formations move, two formations move was the way to go. That made the game really go. Uh, at the speed that we wanted to for a two-hour two hour game limit time. Uh, I think everybody enjoyed the first King of the Hill and Domination. It spread the units out enough, but concentrated on the center. Um, second round was hold the line and capture the flag. No, that was the last... No, that was the second one. And then the third round, we did bunkers and overrun. And the feedback we get, again, I cannot tell you guys how, for those who were there playing in the doubles tournament, the feedback you gave us was immeasurable. It was so awesome and so much fun. Um, we all agreed 700 points was too much. So we're thinking of lowering that down to the 6, the 550, the 500, somewhere within that range. Um, and it was pointed out, after all the rounds were done, <laughs> that it's just like, hey man, we did a 350 tournament five rounds yesterday. Round doubles tournament today. We loved the scenarios the first two rounds, but the last round, just let us kill each other. <laughs> and we went, yep, that makes sense. Just last round, stand up fight, go for it. Um, since then, we've made a couple of, of variations. Instead of a full headhunter scenario added on, we'll just do bounties. 
to where if you destroy the commander, that's an objective point. There's no token that drops. You just get the one objective point. Um, and a couple other other things we've changed, but I know uh, uh, Ed, I think you were the only one that played in the doubles tournament other than myself. I, I wanted to get your uh, uh, input on the doubles tournament. Can you hear me? Yeah, for yep. sure. So coming, coming from team... Uh, Hot dog flashbacks. Hot dog flashbacks. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I played with Chandler through the doubles tournament, and uh, we had a blast. And I think a lot of that is like the the Friday we were, uh, you know, it was a tense day. We were playing along. You know, you're shifting, moving fast, trying to trying to compete. Um, but the the doubles tournament, it was just an entirely different atmosphere, and it was kind of like exactly what everybody needed to, to to blow off steam after the after the tournament. And you know, I saw people just we were just there having fun playing Alpha Strike. Uh, we were doing silly bets with our opponents. Um, it, it, like I said, it was just what we needed to blow off steam uh, and te- and test some things out. You know. A lot of the units in our lists had never been de- deployed alongside each other because they're for different two hundreds. So it was kind of interesting for me to see. Oh wow, here's 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 what it looks like when I have my uh, my fast guys along with my chunky guys all at the same time. Um, now th- that being said, it, yeah, like you said, it, it got really crazy with initiative in the uh, in the first round, especially when. You know, some sides had 32 units to a side. Moving to, it got really confusing really fast when there was unequal numbers. But um, I think of of note, what was really important was in the in the formations. I think we decided if you have a transported unit, it had to go in the same formation as the transport, yep. and that yep. was huge. That was so huge because. You, you were you were no longer mucking around with well okay is this guy loading or is this guy unloading where where you know where where is he moving for so that by itself sped the game up a lot but uh, yeah also uh, as you mentioned so, some of the objectives were great together the uh, the first round the domination and king of the hill that was that that was a blast but mm-hmm. uh, the, the last one yeah we could couldn't quite figure out how to do the bunkers at the same time as counting size and everybody was tired. It was confusing, yep. but, but like you said, for that, that, that did not feel like a play test. That felt like a, you know, fun <laughs> tournament. that felt like a fun tournament. Yeah. It, that's what I got from everyone. And it was, it was exactly like you said, there was the stress day. It was yep. the competitive, the competitive this and that. And then, it was almost like it's almost like we knew what we were doing. Have a nice little letdown, fun. Let's just throw everything at each other. Nobody really cared if they won or lost. It was just I get to dice. Um, a lot of the players didn't have a pair, and we're just like, "You want to get paired up with this person?" And they're like, "Sure." That was that was. I still have. I got goosebumps right now just thinking of it. There was four teams that did not have a pairing, and they're just like, Strangers. "Sure, yeah. I'd love to play with this person. I think I played them yesterday, and it'd be yep. fun." And <laughs> me going around trying to find team names, uh, Sam and Paulo. I got to give a shout out to Sam and Paulo because they're like, "I don't know, we're the noobs," and I was like, "Oh, come on, you guys can do better than that. Let's spice it up a little bit." And Sam looked at me, and goes, 
the spicy noobs and i'm like perfect (laughs) and I, i talked to multiple people after that tournament who all agreed they would come out for just that event like they had that much fun during it well that that makes me happy because I always I, I always thought of the doubles tournament as being the fun tournament, right? So that was going to be, that's where the hijinks happen. That's where it's like, you know what? I don't care if we win or lose. I'm going to play three games of Alpha Strike with a person I either know or I don't know. And we're going to get to know each other very well. And our, our biggest, I think my biggest concern was it was going to be table-to-table play. And I, it did happen quite a bit. It was like, well, I'm playing this person over here. He's playing that person across from him. But by the third round, you did see units. Like, I'm going to set up over here to complement these guys over here. You know, you saw people picking and choosing out of their 350s. Like, let's flank this side and let's have send all of our heavy guys this way. Um, table talk was great. Uh, the coordination between teams was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I played myself in that for two rounds, and I had a, I had a blast. I, for those of you who don't know, who think that Alpha Strike can't be thematic or whatever, I painted two lists to bring to to LVO. I painted the Ryokan Hachi, and I painted the Wolf Dragoons. And uh, Damien ended up taking my Ryokan out for its very first inaugural uh run and we got paired against two players that conveniently brought literally the same unit not the same faction the same unit it was the ghost bear or the russell hog dominion gunsberg eagles and they were all painted the same <laughs> i said oh Looks like the Draconis Combine hired the Wolf Dragoons to go against the the go uh, the uh, Russell Hog Dominion borderline dispute, and it was awesome. It was awesome. It was. I tried to take as many pictures as I could because it was just like this looks like it belongs in fiction. And as a player and a TO, I had a lot of fun. It was a great time. So I I agree with you, Ed. It was the perfect letdown of a long day on Friday to just continue to play Alpha Strike and have a lot of And uh, one correction, I should credit, I think it was Chandler that shouted out we should be doing formation movement. So 100%. I, I don't want to take that credit. That's, nope. that's his fault. I, the, the guy does know everything, so. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to you, Chandler. You did call out formation, and it uh, yeah. it it saved the day, really. I mean, yep. I, I think everybody agreed to it. It was fantastic. Uh, it it made the whole game easier. It's like, well, I got to move four units, or I got to move five units, yep. and it, it was yeah. easier to keep track of initiative too. It was like, how many formations you have left? I got two. Okay, we only have one. You have to move all yours. Yeah, that I made think, it uh, so much easier. I think we front front loaded too. So yeah, yeah. Whenever there was more on one side, you'd you'd move. Two, two to one until they lined up just, just front, to smooth, smooth things out. Front loading meant that you tried to get to one to one movement as fast as you could. So if, yeah. if we were more than they did, uh, we would use move two in the first round uh, to their one. And then, then 
you know, whether you won initiative or not, you're still getting the last move, but you're not moving two units. Right. To, and especially in formation movement, it makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, where if you if you won initiative and you had two formations to move, that could be that could be up to like ten, you know, usually eight, but could be ten, twelve miniatures that you're moving last. A lot. And yeah. That that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But I that was that was one of my biggest proud moments taken away was how well that went. The feedback that we got was and nobody held back. Everyone was like, Well, I don't know about this. Yep. Just give it to me all. I, I need all this data feedback. Because this was the first time it was run, and um, I I hope I hope and pray we have table space at Adepticon to be able to do another doubles turn because it was just too much fun. Dude, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me asking, "Are we going to be able to do a doubles tournament at Adepticon?" I s- unfortunately don't have an answer for that, so we don't we'll try and we'll try and see what we can make make happen. Again, we're not in charge of table space. We just are given what we were given, and we are glad to get what we get. So if there are, and people agree that we can run a, a, a impromptu doubles tournament, we will, 100%. But that led us <laughs> to, hmm, can we move forward with this and possibly an epic format? Tommy. All right, my turn. Yay. Your turn. All right, so Epic is similar to Doubles, except for it's 1v1. Uh, same great... Uh, so instead of... So now we got 350. You're only playing with 200. Now you're playing with either... Well, it, it, just to start, like right, kind of like Doubles. So it's between either five and 700 PV on your side. Versus another person's five to seven hundred PV. Uh, it'll be played on like a f- four foot by six foot play area. Same same type of three fifty rules, like uh, no experimental. It's going to be faction era, and if it's if it's at a big big tournament, uh, kind of like LVO or Gen Con, we're kind of going to match that with the three fifty uh, as much as possible, so that you could possibly bring like your 350 and then have just a little bit off to the side so that you could have uh, your total unit, or you could just bring a whole nother unit if you have the capability of Andrew of having all the units <laughs> available. Um, just joke, bud. Um, Don't worry, man. Uh, we're, we're still working things out. Like, we haven't even played this. I mean, doubles played at LVO. Th- this is something that, uh, for the player base that feels like the 350 might just be too small, this is a format that we could get some bigger, bigger units out. Uh, we're we're taking all the, all the stuff that we're learning from the doubles. We're taking everything that we're trying to add in there, like the formation moving. Things to get things going, uh, front-loaded initiative, stuff like that, and then we could ask also uh, add some uh, better things and not better things, but stuff that we weren't able to have in 350, like maybe having a skill one unit in there or or having unique 
um, mech in there. Like a legendary legendary pilot. Yeah. Uh, When we do bring this uh, format out, uh, we are trying to plan on new scenarios different than the 350. Just because, well, it's a bigger map. Uh, (laughs) There's... There's a lot more stuff that could go on besides uh, um, just the small stuff that we got going on with 350. So I just wanted to tell everybody that we are working on that and that um, it's uh, we in the got, works. It's in the works. So uh, I'm excited about it just because I'm pretty competitive and I, I look forward to having something bigger than the 200 that's on the board. So so I'll piggyback off of Tommy here. Um, this has always been in the back of our minds, but again, the way we do things is we want to build a foundation. We want to make sure a foundation works. And the 350 we've put four years in, and I think we found out that, that where we're at right now, we have a good base foundation and that we can build off of that from there. We've we've heard people saying we want aerospace, we want extra munitions, we want this, we want that. We heard you. It's just we wanted to be able to have something to build off of. And unfortunately, the Alpha Strike Commanders, is, you know, like any other rule book, it's there for you to do what you want to do. Well, when you're you're starting to reach into the competitive standardized side you need to curb that down you need to have guardrails you need to have something where people can can bring something that is balanced and so we think we accomplished that with 350 now that we have the 350 somewhat again that's not even set in stone either we're we're coming up with all kinds of different things that i think will balance the game out better we want to broaden our horizons the doubles tournament was a good step forward Epic is the answer to, I want to play more units. And like Tommy said, uh, that brings in a whole bag of new tricks. So I want to just say to everyone right now, if you're listening to this, yes, we are working on Epic. Yes, we will take suggestions, but do not expect something set in stone very soon because Unfortunately, Wolfnet likes to take their time and make sure things are right before we put them out. So before we set out a rule set, we're going to play test the shit out of it. Now, some of you may be a part of the beta testing and this and that. And if you would like to be a part of that, we'd love to hear from you. And we will send you the rules going forward. But this is a big, big step for us. This is another leap. And uh, so... Yeah, we're we're gonna try to branch out into this and make this a thing as well. But um, just remember, it's in the infantile state right now, so uh, don't barrage us with <laughs> with. I want this. I want this. I want this. When you say when you when you send us a message of what you would like to see in it, think once of is it good for the community for my idea to be added to Epic Four. And then, and then, if it is, we'd love to hear from you, Mario. Wake up! Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> just, just remember one thing: um, it did take four years for 350 to come along. It will not take so. that long. 
for Epic. I will tell you that. We have a we have built an amazing playtest and an alpha within our Wolfnet banner. So I don't imagine it taking that long to nail down a pretty good solid rule set for for Epic. So all right, we got some upcoming events. Looks like should we February let Mario 25th? go to bed first? I think no. we should let Mario go to bed first. I'm good. <laughs> Gideon, what do we got going on February 25th? Uh, yeah, once again, another shout out for Genghis Khan in Denver, or technically Aurora. Um, there are now 11 spots left. Uh, I think last time there were 12. Um, I know I've talked to a few people who... Um, have been kind of kicking around whether they want to go or not. Um, mostly people who went to LVO. So they're just kind of figuring out like, okay, if I do this, then can I still make it okay to go to Adepticon or Gen, uh, Gen Con? So they're just trying to get their cons sorted out. Um, get their white points figured out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, but it's a uh, February 25th. It is, um, uh, Using all the premier optional rules, um, the one premier rule that isn't being used is paint. So come with your gray minis. Um, if you just pick them up and you want to figure out how to play with them, come on down. We'll we'll play some 350. Um, and it is uh, open. Uh, it's standard 350 uh, factionary rules. It's not locked down on anything. So uh, yeah, look forward to seeing everybody in. Well, just a few weeks. We gonna have streaming at Genghis Khan? No. Oh, oh I have to talk. To, I'm gonna have to talk to Mike about that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to Mike about that. You you go ahead and talk to Mike about that. Me and Mike struck a good chord at LVO. I, I think I can. I think I can dive him further down the tech geek. <laughs> Well, well when, when, stream, we saw when he tries to, stream. when he saves you, when he saves you hours of editing, then, I mean, that's a good way, a good uh, foot forward. I, I told him, I says, that's good for you, man. You just, you just got to care if you edit or not. <laughs> well, you got to have a good podcast where you don't have to edit. Well, they got a pretty good podcast. Yeah. All right. So we've got uh 350 tournament uh, Friday at Adepticon. Uh, that will be era restricted to uh, Civil War. Uh, following that, uh, James Topa will be running a 350 tournament March 25th. Or, yeah, we're on Friday. This is Saturday in his area um, at the arena in Jackson, Mich- Michigan. Uh, sometime we need to get a third annual rumble on the river scheduled. Uh, don't really know what the schedule looks like for that just yet uh we are talking about gen con right now uh if we we plan on being at gen con gen con i believe the era restriction will be the next one jihad so be planning for that um i had ron ploger reach out to me last week i think and said hey there's this uh convention that happens in lacrosse wisconsin so we are running a 350 tournament August 19th in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and we are uh, excited because we have 32 slots for that t- for that little convention. Woo! So see whether the Midwest can show up for us or whether we get some people fly in for that. That'll be pretty awesome. 
That's what well, that's what I know right now. That's Kukulakan? Kukulakan? Uh Kulikan. Kukulakan. Kulikan. C O C O U L E E Khan. Davian, Davian, potato potato. And, and, sure. And I'm just gonna throw out there, I uh I got my order put in uh yesterday with Derek to uh get my jihad list in the mail so i'm uh i'm already working on it for gen con so Excellent. well i so got my badge the, oh, I, need shit, the, I gotta get my badge i ordered my badge I, i'm working on my jihad one as well i'm just changing the skills of my uh coronas to skill four and i'm good to go. <laughs> since they're so expensive I'm going to switch factions for uh, Gen Con. Oh, what shit. the f- what? Stone Lion. Stone James Lion. Stone Lion. Lion. Yeah. To what? <laughs> he, he's just going to go to, to Hell's Horses Part 2. Mario's going Jade Falcons the whole way. Oh, God, no. I've never seen her Come to the inner level. No, I, I'm thinking about... I I have more than accomplished what I tried. Put in your pocket. With, uh, with tanks, so... Like I'll, I'll try and see what well, all the mech, I'll try and see what all the mech supremacists think so great about mechs. Then we will <laughs> see if the skilled player is actually skilled, or just fucking lucky, <laughs> <laughs> or just fucking lucky. <laughs> That's there's no proof of that because your die rolls suck. <laughs> you're talking about you're not talking about quad V's because they're considered battle mechs as well. No, well I can't run them in jihad anyway. No. All right, let's do uh, shout-outs, because I think there's a lot. Holy crap. All right, I'll start. Andrew. Actually, let's start with Ed, our guests. Ed, Ed yeah, Bruce. let's start with guests. Sorry, Ed, you got any shout-outs that you haven't mentioned on a previous podcast that you were on about three hours ago? <laughs> shout-outs on that podcast. You what? Yeah. yeah, we don't do shout-outs on that podcast. Uncivilized you are. Either that or they're we fucking do sources. geniuses. Sources cited. We do that's sources. Old, that's like high school. Yeah. Ed, Ed, you, you got any shout outs? Yeah, you know what? I uh, I said it to you guys once privately, and I'm happy to say it publicly. I, I actually want to shout out you guys. I want to say thank you to you guys for the community you've built, because particularly the Discord community always hanging around. It is a fantastic place, and I know it helped me after a 20-year absence. You guys, the community, everybody helped set me straight, put me in, and it's just a place I can go anytime, see what's going on, and it kind of just keeps the Battletech juices flowing through your veins. 24 hours a day, there's something going on. So I just I can't thank you guys enough for what you have built. Thank you. I'm going to cry. You're welcome, Ed. <laughs> oh, jeez. Clifford. You're yeah, Clifford. Out. Oh, God. Got to go the, gotta go the professional route. <laughs> All right. Well, first off, I'm going to thank... Uh, our, Your wife. I wanna, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's coming. Don't worry. Uh, I want to shout out Ben, Tommy, uh, Brett, Jonathan, and Sean for uh, awesome games. Uh, I mean, I got to meet all kinds of people. I mean, the Colorado crew, the Florida crew, super cool to meet all you guys in person. I mean, it's it's always fun to get to talk to people in real life. 
uh, you know, Sabres g- gave me drinks the first night I got there in Vegas. So that was cool. Uh, it's always great. Always great to see everybody. Um, I definitely, I, I have to shout out my wife. She is a, a truly awesome person. I don't deserve her. And, we can, uh, we can confirm that. I, 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 that she's I awesome. <laughs> many, many people have told me that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just and I want to shout out to everybody that still jumps in on the Tuesday night fights and stuff like you know just things that keep the community moving forward and keep us keep us all connected. Thank you, Andrew. I want to give a shout out to James Topa. Uh, he uh, stepped up for being the lead agent at LVO and was really Yo! the whole reason we were able Yay. to go there. So. Thank you, Topa, for uh, stepping up and allowing that whole thing to happen. Um, I've said it before. I'm going to shit on your parade here for a second. If you ever hear T.O., you have to yell out P.A. I'm just going to put that out there. He's earned that. That's fair. The Godfather. The Godfather. Uh, The Godfather. I've, (laughs) uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Thank you to Ben Kleinfelter for helping us get all their gear out to LVO. Um, that was a lot of logistics and effort to make that happen. Thank you. Um, I want to give a shout out to kicker and frontline games for putting on a fantastic show. Um, that traveling circus comes to mind, but it, it was truly amazing, uh, effort. He stopped in and checked on us. It was, it was great. Um, all the players at LVO who showed up, um, you know, without you guys being there, uh, all the work and effort that we go through means nothing. So um, it means a lot f- to us that you guys come out and choose to spend that time with us. Thank you. Uh, James Ryan at StarCore Industries uh, for being awesome and, and fixing my order. He, uh, I got a little LED light that has a Dragoon emblem on it, and it's pretty friggin' cool. So little little thing to fix there but he sorted me out so thank you and last but not least tonight uh Nicastro and greek fire for holding off on the mule update for us um i really appreciate um everything that they have done the conversation that we have and the fact that they look out for us um truly appreciate that thank you that's me aaron uh, I want to shout out uh, BPS, uh, Ben Postal Service. <laughs> and uh, that's about it, because I don't want to steal anyone else's shout outs like I did last time. <laughs> For everybody who uh, knows that I like them, that I like them even more. So, Charles. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start mine off with uh, Seth White Fox. He just released a new podcast, Mercenary Star Podcast. So check it out if you haven't. Um, Seth is the one responsible for making us look semi-professional anytime we are online in any sort of online uh, uh, platform. So um, It's so good that I didn't say shout-outs because I was exactly going to say <laughs> and I didn't want to fuck your. It's mojo. on the screen. It's on the screen, Coach. Um, I know. Well, I didn't see yours. <laughs> he, he wrote it on the paper. He put it on the paper. It doesn't say Charles next to it. 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, so yeah, so Mercenary Star Podcast, uh, check it out. Seth is a wonderful human being. Um, so uh, he, he's going through all the different mercenary commands that are getting force packs and uh, kind of going over their history and stuff. So very cool little project he's got going on. Um, and then I'm going to shout out, and I've said it before, I will say it every time we have an event. Um, the event, you, you can only have as much fun as your opponent. Um, so uh, all of my opponents at LVO, Metal Ed, um, it was a great game. I had a blast playing with you, um, or playing against you. I pulled a Mario there. Um, Sam, Max, <laughs> Damien, and uh, the Northman um, had fun playing against all of you folks, uh, which then goes into uh, the Northman and Bourbon. Uh, 24 hours in a vehicle. Couldn't pick two better uh, fellows to be riding with. Um, we're, we need to take notes next time. Like I'm like I just was reading this shout out and thought, man, we had so many good ideas and I don't remember any of them. I, I remember what we laughed about, but not, now the rest is all blur. Um, I would like to shout out Shay and her husband um, for humoring <laughs> me um, uh, and uh, going on a very long adventure, um, and that goes for bloodbath and. and uh, uh, silent too um we went on an epic little excursion in the hunt for cereal so i had to live up to my name um and then uh <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend um the uh the rest of the colorado crew um hanging out we got together a whole bunch of times off and on throughout the weekend um splitting bills um really made the whole thing doable um and then uh charlie company cider company uh, their presence there and they gave, they, uh, they gifted me a Charlie company cider company t-shirt, which I very much appreciate. Um, and, uh, just, just, they brought the right level of energy to the entire event. The, those guys were there to have fun and they did mission accomplished. Um, can and I, then, uh, oh, Charles, well Charles, can, can I butt in there? Ishii, uh, huge Ishii. shout out to Ishii made all of the stuff. <laughs> so thank you, Ishii. Yeah, Ishii for all the swag. So, um, and then who who was the mule? Uh, so Phil made the shirts. Phil. Yeah, Faz. I didn't get a shirt. So Faz, thank you for being a mule. Ishii, thanks for being so creative. You didn't play. Um, yep. Next time. Um, and then uh, Alex from the Colorado crew, um, he shared his uh, kind of deep deep dive thoughts uh on attending the event and like all the way back from like prep work to list building to every scenario every every round um so he really um so if if you are new to 350 go to the facebook find uh alex's post uh about lvo yep he did um so i mean and he is Alex is meticulous both in the way that he approaches problems and in the way he documents how he how he handles them. Apparently, I didn't know he took that good of notes. Um, maybe he should be in the truck next time. Um, uh, but yeah, and then just the, the community at large. Um, I can't. I like here we are years into this, um, and being able to go to an event like LVO and have the turnout from all across. The, 
North America like we did. Um, it, pretty mind blowing. So thank thank you everyone who listens, who comes to events, who is a, a patron, who thumbs ups our videos, who reaches out to us and you know lets us know that they listened. I don't know everything. Thanks everybody. Tommy. Uh, I want to give a, a first shout out to uh, Viking from the Valhalla group. Uh, I really had fun um, with that guy. I believe his name is Mike. I just know him as Viking. Whatever. Um, you know who you are. Uh, uh, another shout out to Patrick with uh, going against him in the first round and him playing his first 350 game. I. He didn't even know about the podcast, so that's how uh, different. He was, a, of course, a Warhammer um, player, so he uh, he had a. I, I every, after every round, I kept on trying to look for him and found him. I was like, "All right, how's it going?" And then he'd give me a heads up, and he's like, "Oh, this and that." So, Patrick, this is the reason why it's it's awesome being where we're we're at just seeing that type of player that type of person at at any of the uh the stuff that we go through so thank you um matt e from the valhalla group uh, i think your nickname's northman maybe i know charles said something about you but uh, he is the northman yes okay good um i really like talking to you by the way matt um, just some of the stuff that, uh, the, the way you think of how, how to play the game and some of the really cool game balancing stuff that you had for homebrew. Uh, I was very intrigued. My next shout out goes to, uh, uh, Matt, the bloodbath barons for an epic King of the Hill match. <clears throat> it's not like we don't play on Thursday nights anyway. <laughs> we got, well. we got we got teamed up. I was like, wait a minute. Is this, this is a Thursday night rematch? <laughs> this will be over quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think since it was the last match, everybody was in the same mode as like, just get to the center and wipe whoever's there out as quick as possible to get, to get this thing gone. Um, it was a, a long day for playing. Um, uh, Last but not least, the uh, I want to shout out to the rest of the uh, WNRP cast. Uh, we had a great time at LVO, and I'm looking forward to more. Uh, shout outs for me <clears throat> uh, again. Hot dog cider, Ishi, uh, Phil, um, all of Charity Company. Thanks for. Uh, sending some swag and making things and having a lot of fun making yourselves a handle. Uh, thank you for the shirt and the taco truck. Um, you really, really made the, uh, the tournament have multiple flavors. Um, as well as uh, Jesty, thanks for the swag of the sweet building you made. Go Goliath Scorpions. Cause you, you, there was a unique unit there. That was really nice to see. Chandler for finally getting in some of his games to play. Um, there's been talk for 
what seems now months, if not years, and you finally got some games in. So you have got your baseline that you can revel in from now on. Uh, it was really cool meeting some of the people. Um, you see them or you hear them with audio or visual day in, day out, but you don't actually meet them. Uh, hanging out and having some fun are a lot of it, uh, it changes it changes your day. Um, it really makes uh, relationships and, and friends more solid concrete. Um, one of the other rules in 350 is we don't talk about 350 lists. <laughs> because if, if, if you really want to learn what everybody's list is, you have to come play. We're not going to give you all the keys to all the doors. You have to come play and figure it out on your own. You can listen to the podcasts. You can watch the streams. You got to earn it. Absolutely. Um, thank you, Cerberus, for some Valhalla dice swag. Uh, that was pretty pretty sweet. Um, giving back a patch. Like everybody, anybody who gives us stuff, we usually carry things in our bag to gift back to you. So chances are, <clears throat> if you gift us something at an event, we'll probably gift you back something. Uh, just like Ben Bourbon dropping me off a Kodiak, now I have to owe him something again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a continuous cycle, which is fun. And uh, you never know what you're going to get. I'm sorry, one of the legs fell off because um, it was only primed. Because you I, put it in your check bag, that's why. No, 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 no. It wasn't in the check bag. <laughs> it was in the it was in the Caesars casino ah, bag. Because like you said earlier, we went on an epic walkabout that was like nineteen thousand steps. Well, it was nineteen thousand Shea steps, so we probably took like fifteen thousand. True. Oh no, it was twenty four thousand chase steps. <laughs> oh, oh dang! Okay. Oh, oh so, dang! So we'll call it twelve. Um, <laughs> we did get shout out, shouted out by the cops too. Second thoughts. Yes, we did. I want to thank you, Las Vegas Police Force, for reminding us that we can't walk through a fence on the other side of the street. Thanks for looking out for us at a construction site. <laughs> uh, now, he- now, b- before you move on, uh, bloodbath, did you intentionally? What was was that an intentional pun saying that Charlie Company brought multiple flavors because they brought hot dog cider flavor and fish adjacent taco flavor, and yet they didn't bring it in actual drinkable form. Like I keep hearing, I keep hearing, I keep hearing someone no, saying joking. someday oh, they're oh going to bring no, they're going to bring no, hot dog cider. Actual. No, nope. I got to let you in on a little secret. Oh no! Aren't actually, sure, what it is yet? <laughs> oh my god! I, I uh, at least get us a secret recipe. That's a tradition that we can keep and just be like, imagine the taste. Don't actually bring it to a tournament. But yeah, so, so some some things live better as a meme. Hundred percent. Wait, I, wait I until told, Aaron gets completely drunk and then give it to him. I think. I, told I think the, we. I told I the guys it, that I'm a. I'm the director at, for our concessions for basketball. And every time we make hot dogs, they come in packs of 24. And when you get done with it, there's always about, you know, a half inch of juice in the bottom of the bag. It's coming. Right. It's coming. Keep threatening to put it in a bottle and send it to them so they can get started on it. It's coming. 
Well, before we end, I want to give a little public service. Not done yet. Oh, sorry. Not done yet. Oh. And thank you for all the veterans that stopped by. You salty oh, dogs. Yeah. You army aviators. You confirmed killers that were uh, driving us to the airport and back to the um, very long and cold um, walk of the uh, the Omaha Drive. Yeah, that was the, the parking parking. Uh, back nine uh thank you for your service and thank uh, you for the 38 confirmed kills <laughs> don't uh don't forget to uh take everything with a grain of salt coach yes uh psa if you receive a uh measuring us paint then peel oh yeah don't it's peel like, then paint it's like painter's tape yes Paint, then peel. Now, At, are we, we going to try unison? Oh, sorry, Matt. And if there are any comments, questions, concerns, you can reach us at WNRP at WallStreetGoons.com, YouTube, Discord, Patreon, Facebook. What, what are you doing with the hand gestures? I'm trying to get the unison. Somebody's going to go up. Somebody's going to go down. With a howl? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyways, Queensboro. Yes, this we still have some swag out there. There's a thirty percent. No, that was yesterday. So you guys can still buy uh, apparel, which is awkward and funny to talk about in a conversation. And uh, we all wish you to have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow with less balloons in the sky. Oh.